The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What a delightful episode we have for you today. It's, of course, myself and Matt Sarah and our special guest for the entire show, hardcore legend. I hope you don't mind me saying that. Harley Flanagan is here. We also have Michael Bisping on the phone. This was a really, really fun show. So listen, if you don't agree, you're stupid. UFC and Digital Media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Serra, powered by Digital Media. Find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. I am uh, I'm sitting between two maniacs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Matt is here, of course, and well, Matt Flanagan that's... is our guest for the show. Wow, it's just a, a, for people I, that you yeah, guys have missed a lot already. We haven't even started. Yeah, I just told them. I mean, like Harley. If people don't know Harley, Harley's um, well, one, he's a, a Henzo Gracie black belt, but that's not the most important. That's his best. That's first of all, that is the most important. Thing. But <laughs> he's known. He's known for one of the guys that are, are the, one of the originators of the hardcore scene here in here in, in New York City. Am I? What am I missing with that? Uh, you ain't missing nothing, man. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty much the case. What, what year did you, know? you start? Well, I've been playing music my whole life. So, you know, I, I was playing in punk rock bands back in the late 70s before this whole so-called hardcore thing existed. Yeah. And that's kind of what ushered in that that hardcore scene. So with the Ramones and those yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. Those are guys I grew up with. And, um, you know, if you see my book, you'll see there's tons of pictures of me and, you know, all the old New York people, Deborah Harry and Andy Warhol and all the old punk bands and all that stuff. So, yeah, you know. I've been around. Why do the Sex Pistols get the credit for it? Ah, because people always like the fucking English. You know, oh, is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like they. But you know, we, we all know that the, the Ramones started punk rock and fucking Queens. So yeah. let's like get right past all that bullshit. You know, okay. <laughs> punk rock is from Queens. Started by the Ramones. Uh, took birth in at CBGBs. I was gonna bring up CBGBs. Yeah. Are you depressing? That's gone. Yeah, it's depressing, but you know what? Uh, you know, I've been there before, back in the day when, when I knew you. I, yeah. I stopped in there, and it wasn't really my scene. No, nah, you know, it was a shithole, but it was a beautiful shithole. I mean, oh, if no. it wasn't for that place, a lot of a lot of music history, a lot yeah. of things would never have happened, you know? Like, the, the owner, Hilly, he, his one criteria when he had started that club was, I don't care if I like the music, as long as you're playing original songs, you can yeah. play here. And I thought that that was cool. And uh, he really gave a lot of people opportunities. And, and if it wasn't for him, you know, music wouldn't be what it is today because he gave people that 
that place to go and experiment and 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 create shit. You know? You've been there before, Jimmy? CBGBs? No, I, I never went to I'm CBGBs. Shocked. No, never went to CBGBs. Never went. No. God damn. Because no. you're a music guy. You I am. Yeah, but I just never. I, I never went into CBGBs. I just, I'm not no. big on clubs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm kind of an yeah. isolated I'm, I'm creeper. I'm done on that shit too. Isolated <laughs> creeper. Yeah, I don't go to many. I just listen to CDs in my car while I was fucking cruising prostitutes all night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Harley! I when did you start? Now I know. Listen, I know you. Literally, I know you're 20 years. When did you come down? I know it was either the mid or late nineties. Uh, when did you come down the Hensel Gracie? I came. I started in like literally like uh, January, February, or some shit of ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, man. like it was still you know it was still winter time. I was probably a, a blue belt. Actually, you know <laughs> what? what? It's that? funny because I remember. Training, I, I hadn't met you yet, and then I was away on tour or some shit, yeah. and I came back, and you and uh, your brother and uh, John Danaher were all blue belts, and I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, you, I never even saw you guys as white belts. Like, you guys must yeah. have got you, you, you know. Well, you were you came around when, did you come around when it was Gracie Kukuk? Yeah, man. Okay. I, yeah. I, I was going to wear my Gracie Kukuk shirt today. You should have. fuck with you from, the, from when he fought Oleg. Yeah, that's some old school yeah, stuff Yeah, right man. There. No, I remember when that motherfucker Kukuk was running shit over there. Holly had some long ass hair. Yeah, I came, I, well, I, I had a shaved head and then I grew my hair. Yeah. And then, you know. What made you go in? What made you go in the first time? Uh, you know what made me go in was um, uh, UFC one and two, <laughs> because I had you know I not for nothing man I, I've I've had more fights than most people will probably ever have of course they were all on the street and shit you know but I've punched people I've kicked people elbowed stomped whatever I've done just about anything you could do but I. When I, the first time I saw an armbar, I was like, yeah. "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> you know, like the first time I saw Hoyce like choke somebody, like take a two hundred oh, yeah. and something pound guy and just like fucking. T I'm like, "What did he just do?" I couldn't even wrap my brain around. Have you it. seen the Gracie in action? Of course, videos? you seen yeah, the, the one you... with you on the cover. No, no, that's no, a, no, no motherfucker. VHSs. <laughs> no motherfucker. You're thinking of a no holds barred. Yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. The old school. when there was a fake picture of me. Yeah, and my, our old buddy Dave Lockhart. Yeah, I remember uh, those. They put fake blood on us. I they, remember. And they were they were selling like fights from Brazil. Hensel yep, was selling them. Yep, yep. And it was called Valley Tudo or No Holds yeah, Barred yeah, or something. Yeah. This was old. This, yeah, I mean, dude, I must have been dude, like 21. I got, all, I got all that shit in the book, too. Really? Yeah, oh, it talks about all that oh, old this. school shit, man. Yo, Harley's promoting a book, too. It's called Hardcore Life of My Own and a new single, which we're going to play at the end. I didn't even know you had a book out. Nobody yeah, told me. Yeah, so man. I was just researching no, this you. book is uh, it's a fucking hell of a ride, man. This yeah. book is the punch in the face you want and need. Anthony Bourdain. That's a great quote. Do you know Anthony from, uh, from, uh, from Gracie? I actually... Met well, no, he knows me from the seventies. He 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 was telling me, man, I used to go to clubs and shit, and I'd be standing in front trying to get in, and then all of a sudden this like eleven year old kid fucking walks up and just like walks <laughs> through. Like the bouncers are just like, come on in, Harley, and he's like, who the fuck is this kid? Yeah, like what what laws of the universe have been broken here that a fucking child is like walking into like the seediest clubs like Max's and CB's and like treated like. You know, tell like us a star. How did, was, you, how did you have that power? Uh, I'm just a bad motherfucker. Oh shit! I was born that way. <laughs> nah, dude, I've been playing music my whole life. Yeah, and I've been in bands since I was like, you know, ten. You know, I've been gigging, and and everybody, you know. But how did you get the respect at a as a kid to get them to go in there? Because to get when you they a, seen a, me doing my thing, I guess you know. I mean, I was hanging out with. 
all the people that were important back then. And yeah. the, you know, I mean, look, my I come from a twisted family. Okay, my mother. You know, she was always involved with music. She wasn't okay. a musician, but she was always, you know, in the 60s, she was a hippie. And yeah. she was, in, you know, she was, you know, drank and yeah. did all kinds of drugs. And, you know, when I grew up, she was a stripper. And my dad was yeah. a dope fiend. You know, I, don't yeah. even, I didn't even know my dad. So I was always, I've lived a pretty fucking crazy life from Jump Street. And I was going to bars and clubs with my mother when I was a little kid. And yeah. so they all knew me. Oh, yeah, that's Rose's kid, you know. So when I started playing in bands at like nine you know, it was just like bands would have me come up and guest drum yeah, yeah. and shit like that. And and it just became normal. Because you were a kid and they liked the idea of having a nine-year-old yeah, kid you know, guest it was kind of cool. And, and people would fucking freak out, you know. I mean, I remember Glenn Danzig from The Misfits, the first time he saw me play at Max's, he was like, what the fuck? Is that a midget on drums? <laughs> you know, and so he came up to the front of the stage and he's like, holy shit, it's a fucking little kid. What the fuck is yeah. that? You know, I mean... There's not many 10, 11 year olds that could say they were hanging out with you know Johnny Thunders and uh, the Dead Boys and shit back right. then. And and you said you didn't know your father too much. No, I didn't know him at all actually. You know what's amazing about that? Now I, I just before we got on air, Jimmy. I don't think I think Jimmy got here right after that. Or you see his family leave? I, I, I yeah, as I'm yeah, walking in, they're walking out. Yeah, yeah, he. I mean, if you see him with his kids, first of all, his big boy, 14 years old, he's headed right now to go to. To Hensel Gracie's Academy to go through some training, he told me. Yeah, that and, motherfucker's uh, six foot tall. He, I mean, listen, last time I seen that kid, he was up to my waist. I know. And uh, that was, I felt like a few years ago. It wasn't that Tops. long ago, man. Yeah, man. I can't believe he's, I'm up to his shoulders now. He just got his fucking green belt. Oh, that's uh, great. Two days man. ago. He likes it. Oh, yeah, man. These kids yeah, are but, tough, but man. If you They're see good. him, if you see him with his kids, man, like there's kids that grew up without fathers and they either, it's like a cycle of abuse where all of a sudden they're like, hey, why should I be in my kid's life? I wasn't having a father in my life. And, and it's a bad, bad thing. Or does the yeah. other type? Well, the other, the other type side. of person. You know, you don't want to be that. Guy, yes, exactly. You know? and, and that's uh, you. Yeah. You're kissing your kids goodbye. The kids forty. Kissing him. You're kissing your other kid. Hey, I love you that. You know what? Man. You know what is beautiful, man. I've always been that way with them. And the fact that he's fourteen and he's a big motherfucker yeah. and he still kisses me on my face and hugs me. Yeah. And, and to me, that's the most beautiful thing. Because, look, man, I'm I'm I've been one of the most fucking deranged violent crazy whatever growing up drugs this that the other but i always had a big heart yeah and i've always loved kids and you know i didn't want to all i want to do is try to give them a better shot than i had you know like get be there for them yeah you know he's a very respectful kid both of them that's yeah, good most of the time <laughs> did he ask the train? Did he ask the train, or did you Dude, say they, hey, I they think were actually? They were, I when I started, I actually kind of brainwashed them. I gotta admit, like I started bringing them to the academy when they were like six months old, just getting them used to the smell and the vibe yeah, yeah, and yeah. the look and the fighting and the this yeah. and that. So by the time they were like four or five years old, they were like, "Daddy, can we come to school with you?" Because it was my school. They were like, yeah, "Can you yeah, come? Yeah. Can we train? Can we?" And I said, oh, "When you get a little older," and they kept begging me. And I was yeah. like, "Finally, I said, look, when you are ready to start training." I'll bring you in, but you're going to train until you get your black belt because we're not going to start this if you're not going to commit. So when I bring you in, and they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got them in. But, you know, they didn't realize they had been training already for years because when I'd be at home playing with them, yeah, of course. I'm fucking teaching them arm bars. I'm doing this with them. I'm doing that with them. Yeah. My fucking son, his first day he started training, he's like seven years old. He's going for knee bars. I'm like, you can't do those yet. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you can't knee bar on the kids. <laughs> you know, no, no. You know, you're fucking. <laughs> so, you know, they've been doing this shit since they were like. That's great. The man. youngest one since he was like four and a yeah. half and the older one since he was six. It's so strange strange when you see like uh, a friend like we knew each other 
<laughs> when we were kids, excuse me. Literally. I mean, a little yeah, bit older I mean, than that. Yeah. I mean, you're a little bit older well, than I'm me. A, but yeah. I was, I was like, like 30, so I was, yeah, so you know. I mean, I was like 20. I mean, yeah. whatever I was. I was young. Well, yeah, I'm about 10 yeah. years younger than you. How old are you? I'm fucking going to be 50, man. All right. Well, you're eight years older than me. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. close so, enough. Yeah, but listen, in other words, like you fast forward... And like every time we see each other, it's great. We ah, don't see dude. each other all too often. No, nah, man. But it's weird because we came up together yeah. at Henzo's, and and the, so we so we we have all those stories. But then you see somebody like it's like almost like you go through a time machine. Now you, I see you as a father. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. It man. is. People say that to me too when they see <laughs> I'm you. My sure, kids. man. Yeah, because you know? I'm still a big kid, and you're yeah. still. Yeah, I'm the way you. You can dude. tell already. You're out of your fucking uh, mind. But you know what? I, I actually, the joke of it all is, is yeah. as crazy as I have been my whole life, I actually teach the kids classes too because I love kids and, and they love me and they're not intimidated by no. me because kids, they, they they look at you with their heart. They don't judge yeah. you by, you know, your appearance and no, this and that. And, and you're a great, you're, you're, fu you're fun. Yeah, you're you know, fun. You like kid, to have man. fun. You're, I like you're to a play black belt in jujitsu. And you know, uh, that that's great. How man. long did it take you to eat your black belt? It actually took me... A considerable amount longer than most of my friends because I was a touring musician. Right. Yeah. So you know, I would train for you know five six months yeah. and then I'd be gone for three Where's four Ollie? months at a time. And he you comes know, back. training and, and I mean I'd, I'd be like on tour. So when I'd come back, you know, I'd still have you know the techniques in my brain, but my cardio would yeah, be shot to shit. And my cardio you know, stinks. I'd, I'd be on tour, you know, partying, you know, doing all the other things that people do when they're on tour. You yeah. know, I come back, I got a little bit of, you know, I got to work yeah. myself back. Up. How long is a class? I, I've been keep telling Matt I'm going to take a class. Yeah. How long is each class? Beginners classes are an hour. I can do that. Yeah, you could do yeah. that. And how long? Wait, after beginner, they get longer. Hopefully, shorter. They yeah, get shorter. Hour and a half. Oh, the, right. uh, yeah. the advanced. Well, when, when Jimmy wants to come down, you're always <laughs> down you there. I could go man, down like, there. You bring bring his ass down anytime, yeah. man. No, if you I want to come him. down today, man. Come down and meet him. Anytime, and everybody. man. It's a good time. It's good people. Dude, that that academy is yeah, so man. cool, man. I always tell people, you know, Henzo is like one of the coolest guys on earth. Oh, He's so course. fucking friendly. So I have wonderful. to have him in here when he's been in here a couple times. I got to get him in here when Jimmy. Yeah, it's usually when I'm away. I know. You know, but co-host. But you know what? That energy that he has, it trickles down, and that's yes. why everybody in there is it, yes. it has a, a Good smile energy. on their face. There's kids running around everywhere yeah. playing. Everybody's having a good time, and yeah. that is that's the beauty of Henzo and his academy and and the students that he's made, like Matt yeah. and all these guys. I mean, look, Matt's you know. I, it's like we could not see each other for ten years, and it feels yeah. like we didn't miss a fucking beat. You know, I think what I'm because saying? we both haven't matured us. Probably <laughs> not. You know, but <laughs> you know. Let me ask you. Now, you told me before you've never been to Brazil, correct? No. Now we started talking about this before we got on air. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Save this because I'm right. going to bring this up. Now, I might be off. I got to think of maybe it's somebody else who's a fucking maniac. But I' pretty sure. You didn't get something branded into your fucking chest. Oh, on. yeah, no, I oh, did. What the fuck? <laughs> what am I, a nut? How do you forget I got, that? I, I, Listen, I, I, you had me. I, I, got, was, I got revenge branded into my chest. Yeah. Where? Let me see. You see, it, when I train, it gets red and you get see. Yeah, okay. You, you got it. But where? No, you Wait. weren't in Brazil for that? No, but it was, oh my on, God. It was on TV in Brazil. That's, it was on Fantastico. That's what it was. So right. I was in Brazil. I, this, must have, this must have happened around 1998. Yeah, like 97, 8. Okay, like I'm thinking my first time in Brazil. I've been there a few times. All right, 97 yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, when did I win the world championships? <laughs> it's nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but I was over the <laughs> <laughs> All right, it was, that was 1999 in Brazil. But that has nothing to do with it. I don't know how I said ah, it. You fucking, fucking I love asshole. it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the first time I was there, I don't know how it got brought up, but they were talking about this crazy gringo on TV. And uh, I'm like, oh, that's... 
I go, that's fucking Holly. I go, yeah. and it's before I really knew that you were like famous in, in circles. Yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah, if yeah. you follow the hardcore scene, guys will come in here and go, holy fuck, you know Holly Flanagan? Hey. It's almost like MMA. People yeah, might yeah, know yeah, me. Yeah. There's some people that get excited to see me. Other people don't give a fuck. There's times I might be signing an autograph. Some lady come up to me, who are you? <laughs> Do you ever have this? And then I'll go, oh, I'm, I'm uh, Matt Sarah. I don't know you. I'm like, oh. I heard that oh. from women I was fucking. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. What? Something's, I got to check my health. Something's wrong. When I laugh too hard, I really feel like I'm going to faint, man. <laughs> Holy fuck, Holly. All right, so you got revenge. Yeah. Wait, wait, how, how, how did, first of all, why did you do it and how did they do it? Oh, first of all, I did it because I was <laughs> out of my fucking mind and I was having... Uh, Let's, I don't know. I was having some anger issues at okay. the time. <laughs> so, and they burned it in with like a, they uh, they had like a blowtorch and little pieces of metal and a vice grip, and yeah. they held the metal and they'd heat the, the metal and they just weren't you chained? <laughs> weren't you like? <laughs> weren't you no? Oh, no. Sure? Dude, I wasn't even fucking high or drunk. I was fucking stone cold. Wait, it, fucking it, it, sober. it wasn't even just one word. No, it was a man, bunch of letters. Each letter took like three, four swipes, <laughs> man. <laughs> and I'm fucking, and it smelled like it was burning flesh. How what long the fuck did it you take? Think it smelled like. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember, man. It's in the nineties, you know how many no, this fucking was how fucked up I've been since. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. See, that's why your story gets a little messed up. I thought you were actually in Brazil. No, nah, it just got yeah. aired over there. Yeah. Oh, because oh no, it aired over there. Yeah. I don't know if it aired over here. Uh, I think. No, no, I don't think so. But, how long um, did it hurt for? You got a commission for really. a month? I was, dude, it didn't even hurt. I was uh, afterwards. I was at, at the bars. You were ripping like, my shirt off, smacking the wounds, going ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you are, uh, let me tell you. We've had very different lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not for nothing. I, I've had a very different life for most people. Oh, uh, dude. I'm, I'm happy you're doing so well, though. Yeah, man. Life you is know? good, dude. What made, you, what made you write this book? You know what? I, I wrote this book because, uh, well, it, it, I tell the story in there. Like, people have been telling me my whole life I need to write this shit down. And then uh, I got to tell you, in the 90s, before I got with Henzo, I, I had, like, mm. Seriously relapsed into getting fucked up, and I yeah. was—I mean, I was like, doing—I was doing dope and you know smack, and I was yeah. smoking a ton of dust, and I was basically doing any other drug that was anywhere in between the two. Yeah. And um, before and, before you go on, Chris, I, I know this is unfiltered. Could we filter out the part about him teaching the kids class at Hens? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. See, this is part of the redemption. I'm factor. only kidding. See, no, no, you redeemed no, yourself. No, but see, the, the fact is, is <laughs> I'm just you know, I, I I went through a lot of shit in my life, and and I I I've gone through periods of extreme drug use in my youth, and um, and I started writing the book around then because I was like, you know what? Chances are I'm not going to fucking live too long, and. I got to tell my story because if I do drop dead, some other asshole is going to tell it and they're going to get it all wrong. Yeah. And it's going to wind up being like, you know, not to compare myself with the other rock and roll greats who have passed away, but like, you know, it would have been cool to read Janis Joplin's book if she wrote it herself yeah. or, or Jim Morrison's self-told life or yeah. whoever the fuck, Sid Vitt or whoever. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what, if I don't write this shit down... Chances are I'm going to kick the bucket, you know, whether I fucking OD or get hit by a bus or stabbed or whatever the fuck. And then some journalist or some asshole from my band or some other oh, there you go. is going to write a book and they're going to fucking tell it all wrong. And it'll be a bunch of bullshit and it'll be some self-serving story that they try to sensationalize my life. And I was like, you know what? I got to tell this story myself for better or for worse. And, and the fucking funny shit is, is that. Since I wrote this book, it took off, dude. I mean, I had a feature story in the New York Times. I had a Vice did a thing on me. 
uh, Anthony Bourdain did the, the blurb for the book, and now fucking uh, people are coming to me that they want to make a, a major fucking movie out of this shit. That'd and I got pain, television man. networks talking to me about this. Shit. I mean, all these things are coming that I I did not anticipate, didn't expect, and um, so you know. It must be a good book. I don't know what the fuck to say, you know? Well, you got it. You're, listen, you're, first of all, anybody that's listening now could tell you're an interesting person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know. You know. No, I, I want to ask, too, when you started, you seem to start taking jujitsu 20 years ago. Yeah. You, you already had a bunch of street fights. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. that make your street fighting less? Like, were you, after you learn a certain amount of fighting, and you're like, all right, now I know that I can really, I, I'm a problem, so I, I have to back off? Well, you know what? It, it had a mixed effect on me because I was still getting into an occasional brawl when I first started training all the way up until, well, up until 2012. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, the first time that I, uh, Okay, I got in a fight in Texas, right? I got in a fight in a parking lot. But it was, How long ago? Uh, this was this was probably like 2000 or something, right? Okay. And, and uh, this big fucking black dude, He was, turns out he was a corrections officer. He was like six and changed, 300 pounds. Big motherfucker. And Those guys are tough. They deal bro, with convicts well, all day. Let me tell you something. This dude punched one of my friends in the face, knocked him out. Punched another guy and his nose exploded. He, t- he turned around, punched me. And I saw that flash bulb that you see when yeah. you get hit really hard. You don't Life expect flash, it. Yeah. But as I was going down, I saw his knees and I ripped his fucking legs out. So it was like I got the shot, but I recovered very quickly and fucking did a double leg on him. And that motherfucker went down with such force that it, his head bounced off the ground, knocked all the wind out of his lungs. And then I mounted him, punched him a couple of times, and then I got kicked in the back with him fucking by one of his friends and so and then i'm like rolling my back and i'm like scooting backwards throwing up kicks and all this shit so i realized then that you know yeah jujitsu is the fucking greatest thing on the world but you know when you're on the street and you're dealing with multiple opponents you know you're better off picking up a fucking garbage can or some shit because people got friends and there's no such thing as a fair fight on the street what because, sparked that fight do you know do you remember? Oh, yeah, it was like they yeah. started fucking with the punk rockers. Yeah, you know, yeah a, b- a bunch of brothers saw a bunch of white boys in the parking lot and started uh, talking shit. And, and then the next thing you know, one of them punched this dude. Did you have girlfriend. the shaved head back then? Oh fuck yeah! I oh, thought oh, you were a little Nazi. Nazi. Whatever, man. You know, uh, you had your combat boots on. I had no combat boots All on. Right. Hey, look, man. <laughs> but it helped you. <laughs> hey, 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 yo! But the jujitsu helped you survive that fight, and it well, also taught you, like, well, hey, man, it doesn't matter how good you are if there's ten guys coming. Well, you know what? Jujitsu has helped me in several fights, but but. but more than anything, it uh, it gets you it, your reactions to things are, are are tighter. Like you know, I always fought when I was young, so like I'm very street minded. Like we get into a fight, and I'm already seeing weapons everywhere. I'm like, here's a brick, there's a bottle. You know, I, I'm a street fighter. So jujitsu, it took that violent aspect away and gave me something fun that still had that that same type of flow and stuff and it keeps your reaction time it makes you sharp and it, it teaches you how to you know I, I would have never known how to choke someone out the way i know now or arm i mean it's a fucking beautiful thing i love jujitsu but but fighting you know it's a little different it's a little different you know oh my God, what do i got in my hand oh my last record yeah yeah that's no, a wait, great wait, sticker oh, too by the way <laughs> i'm looking at the sticker on your record Make- it's not actually on the record i put it in on there the i brought it in yeah you gave me the sticker yeah. and what is that and now first of all jujitsu is known as the gentle art you know yeah that. yeah well, it's a little it? takeoff on uh, trump's it says, uh, hat it says make jujitsu violent again oh there you go <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> well, come on, man. You know as well as I know that back in the day, man, the people that were training jujitsu were some fucking hard motherfuckers. I mean, yeah. this shit was not a family-oriented sport. Well, this was, I mean, back in the day when it was like valet tudo yeah. and all that shit, it was like it was like rival crews. Like if you trained lucha libre, you trained jujitsu, you ran into each other. There was a fucking fight. Yeah, you're talking about old school. I'm Brazil. talking no fuck uh, old school Brazil. I'm talking about old school. Period. Well, listen, fucking lucha libre. Where the fuck is that? In, in, yeah, in, but oh, my in, my point is, is you had motherfuckers from another school. Yeah. That it was on. I mean, even before I started training, like seriously, I had friends from one um, that trained in this one uh, karate place in in D.C. Right, and when yeah. when we'd see dudes from like the Shotokan school, we'd fuck them up just yeah. on principle. So you like, want- my boy went up to this one instructor one time. He's like, "Don't you teach at the uh, Shotokan Academy?" And he's like. Yeah, I do. My boy fucking blasted him. Fucking put him on his ass. Now you don't you know? want that. Yeah, he's totally wrong. Now you don't want. You don't <laughs> no, want. No, the fuck is the matter old, with you? This is old school. You want? I, I know, but you're joking when you say making fun of him. Hey, what? I'm joking. All I'm right. joking. You gotta have a fucking sense of humor. Come on, man. Because I'm gonna go find a guy from Tiger Showman and just beat him up because he's from. <laughs> well, my kids <laughs> used to have major about? rivalries with the Tiger Showman's kids at all the tournaments. They'd roll in like a hundred Tiger Showman's kids. My kids be looking at them, foaming at the fucking mouth, ready to choke the shit out of them. Some, know what I realized just now? Something's what? never changed. This <laughs> <laughs> guy. Hey man, I'm talking. Wait, hold on. I'm talking to a guy that got revenge branded into his ch- chest one yeah. letter at a time. What am I trying yeah, to make but sense? I was of? also kissing my kid goodbye. Uh, okay, listen, so I'm not know. judging you. I know you a long time. Yeah. You know, you know, I love you. Yeah, man. But you're out of your fucking mind. Hey, look, man. It takes one to fucking know one. You know? Uh, did I ever say I'm normal? All right. Did so I ever say? First of all, I think normal is a made up word. I don't think anybody's. Hey, look, normal. man. You look. know who pretends to be normal? Look what's wrong with my head. Look. <laughs> that's the only one in this room. I'd say that. That, that I would say. Saying our producer pretends to be normal. Look, yeah. man. There's no fucking oh, yeah, normal people, you know, Jimmy's Hensel so, Gracie Jim, black belt. Jimmy's been in the radio so long because people don't know what I'm doing with my neck. Yeah, yeah Matt cranked his head. I had to I, say. I, I, <laughs> Jimmy basically, I'm so stunad. I'm sitting there going, I'm making a joke to you. I feel like everybody's watching. Nobody's watching. No, but it's, <laughs> we all do it. It's We all yeah, just yeah. forget that we're- So Jimmy's like, yeah, he's making a- mo- He's basically wording out my joke, which is what you should do. I'm basically saying that motherfucker's the only guy that's- could pass as normal. Not that. That's not a bad thing. You know thing. what? But that's that's what you see on the outside. Who knows yeah. what the fuck goes no, on inside his brain? So you know. That's what I'm saying. You know. It's Who the, knows it's, what he it's does? It's the people that act the most normal. You got to watch out for. That's true. You yeah. want? I want to see his search history. I don't trust Chris. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you put in G and genital biting comes up. Oh wow, it's crazy. <laughs> He's fucking nuts. So do you? Did you ever? Did you ever fight in tournaments or did you? Yeah, just... Yeah, I did. Uh, I used to. Do, I used to compete a lot in jujitsu. I, I fought a few times on the underground circuit, but. That was just really to see how jujitsu would fare against somebody who was actually trained and actually wanted to take my head off, as opposed to just fighting some fucking bozo on the street. How know? did it? How how did it fare? It, it did all right. I, I did good. I mean, I I lost one, you know, and uh, I learned from it. You know, it's all good, man. You know, the kid I fought was like thirteen years younger than me, and I took the fight on like fucking a week's notice. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just wanted to fight. You know, that's all. I just wanted to fight. You can't get in fights on the street anymore, and so you know. Yeah. You're comfortable. You're comfortable in an atmosphere where violent stuff is happening. It's amazing. Well, I, I, I'm, I, I'm used to it, I guess. It, it's funny about jujitsu because it's called the gentle art. Yeah. You know, and I feel like for therapy, like I am rolling with when I roll. Like this guy's not letting me just. It's one thing if you're repping, but I just I like the roll. I just like the roll live with guys that you know I know aren't knuckleheads. You know. Yeah. At this point, um. You but I you get where you're getting an arm to the position. Now the guy's not letting you. You're rolling. You tap hands. You you go. You start rolling. 
the guy's not letting me get him arm in an arm lock. He's not letting me get his arm about the shoulder, about to break. You know, he's not letting me get him to about to choke him to he's about to go unconscious where he has to tap out. But he's fighting me the whole way. And jujitsu, they're fighting you the whole way where it's the closest thing. I know there's no striking. But, but you're it, yeah. taking unwilling unwilling yeah. an unwilling partner here that's knows he's skilled. He knows what to watch out for and you're still getting that limb and you could break it off. Like sometimes I get done rolling and I'm like, man, how many submissions did I get today? I don't even know. Oh, I got that. I got this. So it becomes second nature where you know, you get attacked. It's muscle memory, man. Yeah. yeah you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? You're taking limbs. But but to be, to just, be fair, though. I always get passionate. I love jiu so much. To be fair, though, when you fight professionally like you've been doing for fucking ever, yes. it's not the same thing as getting attacked. And, and trust me, because like last time I got in a real fight, I got yeah. jumped by like seven dudes. Oh, no, you know? of course. So it's like, you know. The, Why'd they jump you? Ah, uh, some bunch of fucking punk ass motherfucking gang bangers and and just some old bullshit. It was some old bullshit that wound up resurfacing. Coming back, okay. You know, but, and uh, but my point is, is you know, jujitsu is the closest thing to fighting that you can do for fun and have fun doing yes. it without and tap and shake hands and it's all good, you know. But um, and that's why it it, it was so such a perfect thing for me to get into yes. because it was as I was getting out of my. I wasn't really getting in street fights anymore. I was starting to, you know, I was, such chill, a I, was, I was chilling out a little bit, you know. So it was a good replacement for that, a place for me to put that energy. Of course. And plus, also, I just fucking got off drugs and shit, so I needed something to do. Yeah. I needed a support system of, of people that would push me in a positive way. And, and just the sweating and the fighting and the camaraderie and, and that the, the strength of yes. the people at, at that place, you know, like, it saved my life. It saved my fucking life. Henzo Gracie, God bless him. The motherfucker saved my life. <laughs> you and me both. You know, yeah. <laughs> he gave you a good, ener- a good, a good thing to do. Now that you're, you're not doing drugs, you weren't just sitting around. You had this place well, to that, go. I couldn't just... have just been sitting around. It's not my yeah. nature. I would have been out looking for drugs, or, or I would have been out getting, you know, getting in fights, or I would have been. But this only was when I was not playing music. You gotta understand. I'm, a, I'm an artist. I'm a musician, and I'm an artist. It's only when I have nothing going on that I would start. Yeah. falling into negative going, shit going to the dark side yeah. yeah you know people who are really creative they if you don't have some place to put that energy you, they very often turn self-destructive you know i don't have that problem i'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that creative <laughs> no you yeah you, you, you are creative you just it's jujitsu creative you know <laughs> but it's funny like when you talk about that with the jujitsu for for the street when this when you say multiple attackers and stuff like that, guys guys who are looking into a martial art, they say, Well, I'd rather just stay on my feet and I'd rather do this, uh, because that way I don't want to be on the ground if this yeah, seven but guys fucking no, all no, fights go to the ground. Of course, but the point is this. If you're in a situation where you're getting attacked and there's one to I mean, there's more than one guy, if one guy if you don't know what to do on the floor and one guy's able to hold you down, what the fuck you think's gonna happen to you? A, a win? The way you look at a situation like that, where if I'm getting attacked by six guys and I know I can fuck some people up, it's one thing if they're kids and I could smack a couple and, and hurt one and they can run off. But I'm getting attacked by six legitimate yeah. dudes. If I can get away, no, getting that's, away that's, is that's a is, win. Is what you have because to do. you're not. It's just not realistic. It's not Liam Nielsen. Look, shit. I, I don't. You know what I mean? I don't give a so, fuck how bad any martial yeah. art you you know exactly. You, they can say, oh, I'm teaching six men. So yeah. suck a dick, motherfucker. Six motherfuckers who know yes. how to fight coming after you. You're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Especially if somebody pulls out a knife or some yeah, shit. Man. We're talking about real life. Yeah. Okay. Real life is is some shit that you can't predict what the fuck is gonna happen. 100. percent You know, when I got in my last fight, I got stabbed. I got 40 stitches. I didn't even fucking know. 
I got stabbed. Where'd you get stabbed? Was, oh, in my leg. I was on my back doing up kicks, and I don't even know when I got. I didn't even know I got stabbed I, no. until the shit was over, and I was handcuffed, and I'm like, oh shit, I got all kinds of tendons hanging out of my leg. What the fuck is that? You know. But to be fair, I did, you know, bite a chunk out of one guy's face, and I sliced a couple of them too. You know, what are you gonna do? You know, you get jumped, you gotta defend yourself. But you know. <laughs> Hey, did you bite the guy's crotch? I read that story. No, I actually bit his face. I, oh, the they, face. They okay. said that I. Uh, they said somebody got sliced or poked in the crotch or some shit. I don't know. I I bit his him. face. Where on the face? The nose, or the, the cheek. The cheek. I, I bit him like an apple. I took a nice big fucking chunk out. Oh, I figured no. let this motherfucker remember me every time he has to yeah, shave. Yeah, every in time the you shave, you think of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know. I was. It was actually a good time. You yeah. know, I hadn't had a fight in a while. Yeah, the street. Listen, the street's a total different thing, man. Yeah, man. If anybody wants, I tell my students, you guys want to test, you want to see how this works, jump into a grappling tournament, work, you do a kickboxing tournament if that's what yeah. you want to do, yeah, yeah, get yeah. an MMA fight eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how you, te you test yourself. I wish that was around when I was younger. Oh, dude, it that would have saved, that saved I, me. Yeah, yeah it would have saved me a lot saved of trouble. some other people some you know? beatings, too. <laughs> yeah, big time, dude. You know, uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to fucking, uh, you know, I'm not I even going to get into it. I was a fucking maniac, man. I grew up on the Lower East Side. Yeah. I was like one of the only white boys in my fucking area. Yeah. I fought a lot, yeah. you know, and I did a lot of wrong shit. And, you know, I'm just glad that I yeah. made it through that tunnel to the other side. And you're you know? making it up for it now. You're, yeah, doing, you're doing a lot of right shit now. That's right, man. I'm, you know, proud, I, I, I'm proud of you, buddy. For a guy yeah. that knows you so long, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so happy to see that I see you just now with your kids and everything else. That makes me happy. Dude, I'm loving life, man. I'm fucking loving life, man. You know. I married an amazing woman. I got two fucking great kids that are healthy, strong, and and I still got you know some of my wits about me, man. You know, yeah. Uh, life is fucking good, man. Life is good. It's yeah, only man. gonna get better. That's what I'm saying, man. especially when Michael Bisping calls him. Do you know yeah, we gotta talk to Michael Bisping. He's calling it. Yes. Oh, get you know the it. fuck out of here! How yeah. cool is that? We'll ask him if he knows about the hardcore. Scene. He don't know about us. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, you know. You what? get surprised, man. Yeah, hey, you know, you never fucking know. You're listening to UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. You know, Matt and I were talking the other day. Matt said to me, he said, Jim, picture a world where putting on a new pair of underwear isn't just fresh. You're stepping into a better day. I said, Matt, what do you mean? <laughs> this is true. Listen to this. This I is important. I, I can do a read. Listen to this. Did you ever hear? Did you ever hear of now? Hold on, you know me. How long do you know me now? Literally. 20 years. Okay. Did you know I go commando? I, I can respect that. Okay, you now know, look, that, that was, that was. Now, can you listen, listen to what Jimmy has to say? Good, Jimmy. Well, Matt's a big underwear guy yeah. now. He never was before. I don't know that he was commando, I can't, but... I can't say I know either, but... All right, I, I wouldn't expect you to. But, uh, you know, Matt Matt said to me one time, he goes, you know, Jim, underwear is the first thing you put on. And I said, yeah, I know. He goes, it's also the last thing you take off. And then he said, why would you settle for anything less than the best feeling underwear on the planet? I'm like, Matt, you don't even wear underwear. He goes, but I do now. MeUndies focuses solely on producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced. And look, we all tap dance for products, but I got to be honest, I wear these things. Matt wears these things. My friends at MeUndies, they sent us a bunch of pairs a while back, and I honestly cannot imagine wearing anything else. They make me feel comfortable, smooth. They make your package look great. Yeah. It's phenomenal. <laughs> they really do. My package looks amazing. Like I'm going to get sued for false advertising because it's so unimpressive in person. Try them on. If they're not the most comfortable, best feeling underwear you've ever had, they're going to refund them and let you keep your first pair for free. So you basically lose nothing. All you gain is a nice pair of underwear on your balls and ass cheeks. That's just me. They didn't write that in the copy. Included in the price is the sweet touch of Modal, a special <laughs> fabric made from the best 
in-class raw materials that are scientifically proven to be three times softer than cotton. I'd never heard of Modal either. Uh, Harley never heard of it. I'd never heard of it. And I'm like, what is this stuff? And I put it on there like it's three times softer than cotton. I'm like, oh, bullshit. And then I wore it and I can't stop touching my ass cheeks. It's uh, phenomenal. Dude, my hands are living down my pants. Every they day. certainly are. <laughs> I gotta give me some I... of me undies. What the fuck, man? Yeah, see? Yo, write these motherfuckers. Tell nice. them I, I need an endorsement. <laughs> I need a fucking... Harley Flanagan, hardcore, Cro-Mag needs some MeUndies, motherfuckers. That's right. There you go. You know? <laughs> that would be a good Henry motherfucker Rollins is rocking Calvin's. What's up with me? I need some MeUndies, man. They thought, they thought I had a potty mouth. Well, that's okay. He's right, though. <laughs> Look, that's the, this is the guy that you want to enjoy your product. Why not? That's, yeah, man. that's right. You don't want the quiet guy. No, Look, man. they're uber cozy. I hate the word uber, but I'll say it because they want me to say it. They're sold exclusively on the MeUndies website where you're going to enjoy free standard shipping in the U.S. and Canada. For a limited time, everyone in this audience gets 20% off their first order, but you got to go to our special URL, MeUndies.com slash UFC. With the MeUndies Better Day Guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So don't wait any longer. You're doing nothing right now but listening to us blather on. Just go to the computer while you're listening, MeUndies.com slash UFC. Right now, 20% off your first order. That's MeUndies.com slash UFC. We're not just saying it. We really do wear them. They're phenomenal. I love me undies. Me too. Great, man. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports UFC Unfiltered. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust who has your best interest in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com slash unfiltered. That's Q-U-I-C-K-E-N loans.com slash unfiltered at equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmls consumer org number 3030 michael yes hey buddy you're talking to jim norton and matt sarah and harley flanagan hey. how you doing what's up champ how are you good you sound good you sound very energized today oh yeah i've had two coffees hold on dito out let me have my dog walked around and you know, you hear his nails on the wood and shit. Uh, what's going on, guys? What's his name? Tito, your dog? No, no, Dito. Dito. Oh, Dito. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Every, everybody says that. They say, you called your dog fucking Tito Ortiz? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. You know why? My, it, was my... name, it was a name on his papers when we got him, but it's a stupid name. <laughs> that is hysterical. My buddy, Patrick Ote, when I first met him, his dog was named Tito or after oh. Tito Ortiz, and the guy ended up fighting him, too. So that's fucking that funny. Yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. Well, he's French, so, you know, they're, they're not too clever. We got to start with... <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, I fucking... Listen, I might be the... I might be one of the, the rare dudes. I mean, not rare dudes, because I know he has fans, but I fucking love Michael Bisman. Michael, Michael, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan, champ. Michael Fisting, I have legions of fans. Oh of course you legions. do. Legions. Legions. <laughs> <laughs> and you got like an equal amount of haters, but I'm not one of them. I, I like, dude, hey. you always speak your mind. You never shy away from a, a beef if anybody's got a problem. I like you. Yeah, you seem, <laughs> you're, you're comfortable no, calling people out. At the end of the day, we're cage fighters, for crying out loud. You can, <laughs> you can dress it up however you fucking want. Oh, I'm a martial artist. 
No, you're not. You're a fucking cage fighter. You step in there, you fight people for money. So, if I give my opinion, that should be the least of their worries. You, uh, what did you think? I thought of you immediately after the Silva Brunson fight. I personally, I thought Brunson won. What did you think of that fight? Yeah, I, I thought Brunson won the fight. Oh, oh, I guess I could kind of make a weird uh, argument for Silva winning rounds one and two. But uh, my, my old overall takeaway from the fight was that you know. Anderson Silva could have won the fight at any moment. He certainly seemed like the better fighter. He was successful for the most part in stopping the takedowns. When he did let his hands go or his feet go and do something, Brunson was kind of scared and was, you know, kind of running away from him. Anderson was a better fighter, but he clowns around all the time. He clowned the fans. He clowned the public. He clowned his opponent. And ultimately, he clowned himself because he's just losing fans these days. Yeah, he called. He said he said he wants a rematch with you, and that he thought he won the fight with with you. And and I guess look, when you win, you have to say something. But uh, sure. yeah, how, how do you feel about him uh, calling you out like that? And is is there a shot at you having a rematch with him? Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, of course he's going to say that. At the end of the day, you know, we went through a decision, and uh, you know, my my face looked worse than his. So you know, he, he um, you know. He's going to say whatever makes him sleep at night, whatever makes him feel better. Um, will there be a rematch? I'll tell you this. I saw that Dana said if Anderson was to beat Brunson, then he'd get a title shot. And I thought, great, you know, because that would do big business. But not after that performance. After that performance, I don't think people are going to pay 60 bucks to watch him fight. I really don't. So I guess uh, even though he won the fight, I don't see people clamoring to see Anderson Silva fight for the title again. Now, there's been some uh, back and forth between you and Romero. Did he actually call on your radio show and uh, set up a GoFundMe page for your medical expenses? Yeah, no, he did. He did. You know, I mean, I guess God bless him. These morons <laughs> that they have around him. Uh, He's been on a tirade of abuse lately. And, uh, you know, as I said, God bless him. You've got to do what you can do to get fights and get noticed in this game. He set up a GoFundMe page. I guess that was kind of cute, you know. Um, but I will take that money. I've said this. Thank you. I think there's like two hundred and twenty dollars in that GoFundMe. <laughs> oh, so the jokes are new, dickhead. <laughs> that money, I'm gonna go to a nice spa. I'm gonna get a good massage, maybe a glass of champagne, and that's all on Yoel Romero. So thank you very much. No, no, are you gonna go? I was just gonna say. So you haven't made a decision, or it hasn't been determined? Because I, I don't feel. Like you're ducking him. People are saying that you're ducking Yoel Romero, but I don't. You don't seem to me like you're ducking him at all. It seems to me like you're waiting to see which is going to be the biggest payday for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've never ducked anybody, and certainly now that I've got the belt, you know, you can't do that. Of course, you know, now when you're in that position, you know, you you do want to try and make smart business choices, but you've got to find the best guys. Um, you know, after my uh, after I won the belt off Luke Rockhold, the UFC called me a couple of days later and offered me Dan Henderson. And I know that ruffled a few feathers in the in the middleweight division. Uh, and now, you know, people want more than ever for me to face the number one contender. Um, you know, so so great. I mean, I've got no problem doing that. I want to do that. I, 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 I don't want my legacy to be somebody that avoided the best guys. Far from it. You know, I fought the best guys my entire career. Why am I going to stop doing that when I become the champion? That doesn't make sense. Um, but also at the same time, I, I want to capitalize on this position that I'm in. So uh, we'll see. I haven't been offered anything official from the UFC. But if they offer Yo Romero, then fuck it. I, I mean, I, I'm all for it. I would love to punch that guy in the face. Uh, I recognize that he's, you know, he's a tough individual. He's got great wrestling. He's a 
physical specimen, he's explosive. But I also see a guy that's very beatable. You know, Chris Wyman was doing a great job in that yep. first round. Nice. Um, you know, and if he carried on doing that, he would have won that fight. He just made a couple of mistakes and, yeah. you know, walked onto a flying knee. Uh, but um, when I look at Romero, I see a guy that's beatable for sure. Now, we're going to get back to the fighting in a second, but how exciting was it? And did you enjoy the process of the whole uh, movie making thing with the, uh, uh, what is it, Triple X? Yeah, the, the yeah, Triple X. How was that? No, it was awesome. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I've been chipping away at the acting thing for a little bit now. And, uh, you know, I've, I've done lots of uh, straight DVD shit that no one's ever oh. going to watch. Uh, but, uh, you know, being a part of Triple X was, you know, it was just, just a great experience. Obviously, the cast was amazing, but every day the stuff we were doing, you know, the fight scenes, the explosives, the weapons training, all that stuff. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I would pay to go and do. So uh, just being a part of it was awesome. You know, I mean, the movie's done fantastic. I think internationally, it was the number one movie uh, box office-wise internationally. So, uh, yeah, it's doing great, and being a part of that was awesome. Ah, congrats on that. But li- you know what I know what I loved? <laughs> I don't know if any... I want to see who's seen this. It was... Um, you did this with... Uh, I might have told you this before yeah, on your show. That uh, what was it? The clip you did with um with Renato um oh. yeah from from uh from Snatch from Snatch yeah, right? Yeah. What was that? That was so dude. That was fucking great. That was so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was Renato Laranja. I mean, you know, he's a funny he's guy. Funny, so uh, he, he came to me with that idea, and I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, who doesn't love Snatch? And of course, Renato Laranja is uh, you know, he's he's a funny dude. So uh, was- yeah, no, that was cool. So much fun. Jimmy, you ever see Snatch? I did not, no. You did not see Snatch? I know. Oh, you not love Snatch. I do. It has nothing to do with it. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I rented the wrong film. <laughs> he rented the different <laughs> Snatch. <laughs> hey, we, we, now, we would also be, uh, we'd be silly geese if we didn't ask you about GSP. It's, it's been announced that he's yeah. back with the UFC. And people are talking about him and you fighting. Uh, so I guess he wants to go up and wait. Uh, how do you feel about your first fight, uh, his first fight possibly being you? Well, so here's the thing. I mean, as I said, I mean, if they offer me the number one contender, I'll take the number one contender. If they offer me GSP, listen, I'd be a fool not to take GSP. So, of course, I'd take GSP. Um, If they were to offer that fight, which, as I I said, there's been no word of that yet. I hope they do. But, you know, whether it's Joel or GSP, who cares? Uh, Joel, sorry, GSP, after three years, I think it's um, it's a tough fight for GSP, if I'm honest. Um, everybody knows, well, fighters know, that when the hardest part of fighting, of course, is very, very physical, but the hardest part is the mental aspect, the, the, the self-doubt, the inner demons. And GSP kind of had a tough fight against Johnny Hendricks last time out. And I think spending three years away, coming back, stepping up a weight class and fighting me, I think that's a, a bad idea for George St. Pierre. If he wants to do it, God bless. But, um... I see that fight ending for me pretty well. I mean, everybody knows George is going to look for the takedown on the ground and pound. I'm the bigger guy. I've got pretty good takedown defense. If he took me down, I'd get straight back up. And on the feet, I see it as one-way street. I'm by far the bigger boxer. Uh, I'm the bigger, taller, longer guy. And just be- better skilled on the feet anyway. So uh, if George wants to do that, God bless him. And I admire his courage. But uh, I think, uh, I mean, the fight hasn't even been offered yet. But if it is offered... Put your money on me. Sure. He does you know, I'll tell you, Mike, you don't get enough credit for that. You have a very good takedown defense, but I don't remember anybody holding you down. You're hard to hold down. You have very good hips. 
How often are you working off your? I know you work everything. Everybody works everything, and you're the champ. But how often are you working off your back straight up jujitsu? Because I'm telling you, yeah, it's underrated. On. You're hard to hold down. Hold on one second. This dog, this dog fucking Harry, Dito. He's fucking whining away. Harry, it was a great, it was a great, it was a great question I asked you. I don't even think I remember yeah, no, it that. It was a great question. All I hear in the background is ring, 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 ring. and I'm giving you a okay. compliment. <laughs> I was just saying, obviously, I'm English, and we don't have a wrestling program. We don't do it at school or anything like that. So uh, we're always going to be at a disadvantage wrestling-wise. And I kind of recognized that from an, an early period in my MMA career. And what I would do was, uh, whenever I would start my, my spine, I'd always start off my back. So I always had to fight back to my feet to be able to use my striking. And I used to drill that all the time. And I drill um, off my back all the time. I drill the way I get back to my feet all the time. In fact, it's very, very simple to get back to your feet. I mean, when you've done it as many times as I have, it's a it, it's so easy. Getting back to your feet is easy. And I watch fights and I think, Jesus Christ, just get back to your feet. Come on. There's, there's, there's some pretty basic steps you just follow and you get back to your feet pretty easy. Um, so, uh, Jiu-jitsu-wise, I mean, I would like to be doing jiu-jitsu more. Uh, and that is my, my um, what shall we say, my, what, what do you say, my New Year's resolution. I'm going to do more <laughs> jiu-jitsu this year. Uh, right now, I'm recovering from knee surgery. I had a knee surgery a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm limping around the house at the moment. But as soon as I can, I'll be back in there. I'll be working my jiu-jitsu, working my wrestling, working everything, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I like to roll. It's fun. And Mike, and you mentioned uh, GSP possibly going up in weight if you two fought. Did you see uh, how great Hendricks looked against uh, Hector Lombard first fight at middleweight? I mean, that might actually yeah. help GSP. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, I'm a fan of Johnny Hendricks. Who doesn't like Johnny Hendricks? And I detest Hector Lombard because he's a little shit. So um, it was it was nice to see Johnny Hendricks beat Hector Lombard. And yeah, I, I, I thought Johnny looked uh, better, you know, he utilized some good footwork, and you know, this is too small. And listen, let's be honest Johnny Hendricks versus Hector Lombard was too welterweight fighting at middleweight. It was like Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fighting at welterweight, you know, it was the same thing because they're both, they're both welterweights, let's be honest. Uh, Johnny won. I thought he did a good job. Hector's a dangerous opponent, and uh, I was just happy to see Johnny Hendricks get a win. And, and I, I would be, uh, I'd be, I have to ask you, of course, now, what, what is it about Hector Lombard you don't like? I've never heard this. <laughs> No, listen, Hector Lombard's a piece of shit, you know, I mean, what can I say, I mean, just, you just take one look at this guy, and you know that he's a scumbag, um, and several times over the years, my interactions with him, we've nearly had multiple fights, when I fought Luke Rockhold at UFC 199, when I knocked Luke Rockhold out in the first round, and Hector Lombard got knocked out against Dan Henderson, yep. uh, that fight, in the lobby, after the weigh-in, I nearly got into a fight with Hector Lombard, he's walking past, and I say something, and, uh, and and I said something like, you know, he, he made a remark and I said something joking. And he turns around, he's coming at me and he's, he's calling him and having to hold him back and this and that. And I'm saying, look at you, you're pathetic. I said, you're going to fight tomorrow. You're trying to fight me in the lobby. Wait. Get a grip. You know? Wait, wait. I don't care for that guy. No, wait, hold on. Now, listen, I know you You said, ah, oh, you said a little something. Yeah, come, what, now, wait, right. come on. Now, Mike, <laughs> listen, champ, what, what did you what say? You, <laughs> well, come on, what did you say? No, no, I was walking by, and as I say, several times we've had interactions, and as I walked past, he looked at me, I looked at him, and I went, ah, oh, this guy, and that's all I said. All I said, ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy, <laughs> and then he kind of stopped, 
And he turned around and said, what do you mean, this guy? And I'm like, you know, this guy. <laughs> and anyway, there you go. So it was me. Basically, I started it. Annoying self that I am. So you were just being a little annoying. He actually wanted to fight over it. Ah, uh, this guy. Um, I'm mocking him. You, yeah. you were just fucking with him. And uh, you must have seen uh, Jacques Ray looked really, really good against uh, Tim Bosch. I mean, I mean, you're really you're at the head of a very, very brutal division, man. There's nobody easy yeah, in that division. Yeah, but, but uh, the division's getting easier. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jacques Ray, if you look at him, he used to have boulders for shoulders. And now he's got like some like, little... You know, he's looking like a skinny, frail old man in there. You know, he fought in Boch, and yeah, okay. You know, he got a submission inside the first round. It was a very nice submission. The setup was nice. Boch went to scoot back to his feet, and he took hold of the wrist and, you know, snapped on a nice Kimura. Um, you know, fair play, well done. On the feet, he looked terrible. He was so robotic, so stiff. And as I say, he's the incredible shrinking man. He's getting smaller and smaller, as is Joel Romero. So that's what I'm saying. This division is just getting easier and easier. The more time passes, the more times the steroids are out of the system, the easier these opponents are going to be. Uh, but listen, you know, Jacare's right there as well. He's another guy. I would love to fight Jacare. I would love to fight Joel Romero simply because, you know, they deserve it, I guess. You know, in a roundabout way, they do deserve it. And I'd like to test myself against them. You know, I find it, I find, for one, I find it refreshing that he wears his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. Everybody gives a normal, oh, I, I respect this one, but yada, yada. He just, ah, oh, that guy's a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Yo, that's what I like. Nobody will ever say, what do you think Michael meant by that? I never called Jack Ray a cunt. No, no, of course. No, you didn't call him a cunt. I don't even know if you said cunt. Did I say cunt? Yeah. All right. You know what's so awesome? I see you I I see you on Instagram with your boy, and uh, I remember when you had him in the in the cage in England or Manchester. I forgot where you were, but you were you were so yeah. and you were having him in the cage with you, and he was up to your waist, and now you're up to his shoulders. That's why yeah. you got a big boy now. He's all grown up. It's amazing. Oh yeah, no, no, he's doing amazing. He's uh, he's wrestling. He's doing jujitsu. He wrestled at one ninety five this past yeah. weekend. Of course, I fight at one eighty five, and he did really, really well. So uh, yeah, no, he's growing up fast. Yeah, man. Soon you're gonna be telling them to put out the garbage, man. That'll be a, you'll be getting ready for your fights, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. These, these new millennials are lazy fucks. What can I say? I tell him, you know, I say, take out the garbage, do this, do that. He just said, you don't do anything in this house. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. Well, before we let you go, Michael, how how long are you? Uh, how long are you gonna be laid up for? How, when are you gonna be able to get back into uh, to training? Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. I mean. I'm my own worst enemy at times because a week after having the surgery, um, I was actually sparring with Kendall Grove. Kendall Grove uh, was staying in my house because he had a fight coming up and I wanted to help, but of course I get bored. So it was like eight, nine days after the surgery, I went in and did some boxing sparring and the next day it was, you know, my knee was killing. So I, I rested for a few days and then I went and did some bag work and then the next day it was killing. So I've been taking two steps forward, one step back. And uh, just a second ago, my doctor sent me a text message. I've got to go and see him today. So um, I guess I'm just going to be, I'm just going to rest and stay off it completely because I, you know, I'm going out of my mind now. It's been three and a half weeks and I'm just sitting in my ass, <laughs> sitting in my house, getting fat, uh, eating crappy foods because I'm bored. So, sure. um, you know, so maybe a couple more weeks and I'll be able to start proper training. But the pain is still there. It's, it's still kind of painful. But early summer, to answer your question, early summer, I'll be back in there for sure. All right, well, we're looking forward to seeing you, whoever you fight, whether it's GSP, Al Romero, the winner of uh, 
Weidman Musasi, whoever it is that you fight, I'm looking forward to seeing we'll you. We'll be watching for sure. Hey, hey, Absolutely. hey, Matt, real fast. Yeah. What's going on with Weidman? Why is he fighting Musasi? Why? I don't, I listen, the guy called him out, man. Weidman's cut from that same cloth. He's like, you mentioned yeah. my name. You better fucking show up. Why yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You gotta, you gotta respect that. Fair enough. Yeah, man. The guy, you know, he mentioned his name. Sure. He mentioned he was ducking him, and Wyman, Wyman got wind of that and said, "Yo, man, fuck that." That's the difference. He wouldn't yeah. say it like me like that because he's such a respectful guy. <laughs> no, yeah. but I'll, no, t- I'll for say sure. for no, it. No, no. Yeah, I'll say I for him. No, good for Chris. I've always been a fan of Chris. I know he can't stand my guts these days. Yeah, I'm all the best from me. Yeah, well, I mean, listen. I mean, Masasi is definitely a, a quality, quality guy, and uh, you know. Take this guy out. He's right back in the mix. So, so you hey, know what thanks. I do? What's Someone up? calls me out. I just pretend I didn't hear it. And I just. Walk. <laughs> I lost you again, but uh, I'm back. I'm back. I can't remember what you said, but I'm assuming you were wrapping up the interview and saying, "Let's lose this. Uh, let, let's get rid of this Brit." No, we love you, man. Um, we, we we have to wrap up. But anytime you want to come on, yeah. you're, you're one of my favorite people to have on. You're so honest. Uh, it's so so refreshing. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I can think of nothing better to do on a Monday morning. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Well, heal up, and uh, we look forward to seeing you fight again, man. And I look forward to seeing you uh, in person. Got it, guys. Take care. All right, take care, Michael. Later, man. All right, Mike. Middleweight champion Michael Bisping, really entertaining guy. Listen, man. <laughs> that is. Listen. Give me that. Then the same old boring. Just the right people that try to give the right answer. Holy like Derek shit, Lewis. All he dude. does is the right answer. <laughs> Holy shit! I fucking love Derek Lewis. <laughs> That, that I give me that I you don't have to agree with it, but it's just it's so it's refreshing in a in a, in a, a world today being so PC and being so whatever. Speak your mind, people. Let's cover what Derek Lewis said at the end of the fight. He won, <laughs> uh, you know, he he, uh, he knocked Travis Brown out. It was a pretty brutal knockout. And uh, before we get to the fight, he's standing there in the in the in the post fight interview with Brian Stand. Yes, and he asked him about holding his stomach, and I think he said, "I just, I got to make it number two. He stood in the ring and basically said, "I have to shit." And uh, I got to take some time off. I've been getting so much sex lately. He's he's the best. He's just I, every time he opens his mouth, I want to hug him. He's the fucking wanna... greatest. But that's a post fight interview. I, I've never actually been juiced about a post fight interview, no, except for Diaz. Uh, I'm not surprised, yeah. motherfucker. That yeah, was probably yeah, no, the greatest yeah, that quote. Was, okay, that was classic. But uh, how awesome was that fight? I, and I, oh, and I told Harley before the before we started today. I, I saw Lewis grabbed his stomach, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and it reminded me of and, and you it gave me the name that, Randleman when yeah, when Crocop kicked him in the kicks. stomach. Where the chest, he grabbed his stomach and he uh. fell back. That's the only time I've ever seen a fighter do that, where you grab your stomach. And he actually turned away from Travis Brown and kind of retreated it's, back to the cage. It, and you think it might have been a broken... I don't know. I'm saying maybe he cracked the rib or some shit. You know? What did you think that was? Well, he's hurt other people with that front kick. Oh, it's i got to watch some of his... I forgot who he hurt exactly with that. But uh, he's, he's used that before. Yeah. And he's good with that. And he was looking for... I, I don't want to say I because I, look, Derek was on here with us too. He yeah. was uh, on the show, and uh, he was definitely a nice guy. And the same thing, we, I, I, he's entertaining, entertaining interview. Yeah. But oh, I mean, Travis, I kind of felt for him where he had such he had a great first round, great first, phenomenal round. first round. Even at the end of it, he kind of grilled him at the end of it. He was so in that fight; he looked mentally ready. He was he fast. He was staying away from him with kicking, and then he got caught. Now. You could never say why would a guy do that because you don't know where his head's at. You don't know if his brains are scrambled at that point. He's trying to get his wits. So when he got hit, I forgot what it was because there was a barrage. But he tried. To, he started to get away, and then he stood. Like now with boxing gloves, you can get away with a little bit more with covering up, but you can't just cover up against the cage. And now look, I don't want to get on the guy. I'm not attacking him because who knows if he was. He might have been more hurt than you even know right there. 
But like Ray would like you, if you can't tie a guy up, and this dude's a hard guard, hard guy to tie up. You got to get on the bicycle. You got to get. You got to just get on your feet and do that footwork. I'd be. I mean, I would have been getting ready for these fights. Longo would be like, "All right, on your footwork, one way. Every time that bell rings, thirty seconds the other way, and you just get used to just. It'll buy you some time to get your your uh, your head back, your, right? Yeah, get your wits amongst. Do you think? I think because I think it was either Brian Stan or the, or the guy announcing him said that he might be trying to get him to punch himself out, but it was like he's hitting him too hard, no, no, and he's. Drilling his own arms into his head. There's no way he's trying to get him to punch himself. I think he was just stunned. Got he got guy, rocked. You got a guy 262 and throwing like one. It, it could go through. It could hit on the arms and it'll still get through with these little gloves. And uh, you can't. You can't. You can't cover up like that. You when did Lewis wind out. up on top of him? Was that in the first round? Lewis wound up on top of him at one point and he second, didn't do much damage. He dropped sec- a couple elbows. Second. Oh, was I, think the, the, I think that I was, think the it was the second round. round. It was yeah. the second round. Okay. And. Uh, it's, it, it pained me to see some of the stuff on the floor that I, that you see how Michael was saying before that he sees ways to get up and he sees, he's watching, Michael Bisping was on the phone yeah, saying yeah. Uh, how he sees ways to get up yeah. and it's right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I mean, I seen him with that underhook and even at my heaviest, when I get a guy on top of me, sometimes I'll be in a full guard and I'll have my underhooks, like you see, and uh, and I'll let, one, like, I'll let one side drop so a guy goes to half guard and he makes it hard for me to get to his back, but I could always get up from there with one underhook. There's so when you have an underhook on the floor, and and you've been on the and you know how to use it, you could you if you don't get to the guy's back, you at least could get up to your to your knees and your feet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if you go for the back the correct way, he was had an underhook. He got up. He did get out, but he got out kind of square with them, and it was it was taxing with a guy that size. If you're going and you're scooting your butt, if I have an underhook and I'm scooting my butt out and below his knee towards his butt, it's gonna be hard for that guy to follow you. And uh, and if not, if the guy's got his weight, there's ways to pull his ankle out and pelvis forward and get that let that leg that's trapped between his legs out. Stuff that again, this is stuff that I see and I'm like, oh, if he only knew that, that's a, that's a game changer, man. You know. So again, listen, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I'd love to show him that. If yeah, you know, and 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 uh, I, I'm and Mario uh, Yamasaki was one of was my first. Re- I know the guy forever. I mean, the guy was uh, my ref in my very first UFC fight. He ref plenty of my fights. He's a very good ref. It's a it's the hardest job there is, being a ref. And now, at the very end of that fight, Jimmy, you a little too slow. Without a doubt, too maybe slow. Maybe one, maybe two. See, one punch when you're already not defending yourself with a guy that size. That could that could shorten your career. That could shorten your life. Yeah, <laughs> like a guy that size. I mean, so he's right there, and you you want to give the guy every second. Yeah, to, it's so hard. But when you see the guy, I mean, I don't know. That was it. Was a terrible stoppage. But and and, and, and on the flip side, there Two was bad uh, shots in there, man. the Marshman uh, stoppage. Marshman thought was uh, was too uh, early. He got the, he got taken out by that uh, that spinning kick. It was against Thiago. Uh, Santos. Santos. And, uh, I believe that was too early He also. felt it was too early. I he, feel it was also because the guy was always had his wits. He hit the floor. It was dynamic. And the guy jumped on, and, uh, and uh, Thiago jumped on top of him, maybe landed a punch, but he never stopped moving. He never stopped moving, and he was, the ref jumped in. He was talking to him. And so that was, you know. A little you know, premature, and, maybe. And, 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 and um, uh, Marshman. Marshman, yeah. Marshman had his moments in the fight. That first yeah. round. Holy shit, man. He, he had... Yeah, Thiago seeing some birds yeah. around his head. He was in the, again, that's why we watch the sport. It's so, it's so entertaining. I mean, it's, it can go one way, just like with Travis. That's two guys that won a first round, and then a the second round, it's over, man. 
you know? Uh, but I agree, that was a little premature. And did you see uh, Gavin Tucker made his, uh, I think he was 8-0 and now he's 9-0, his UFC debut against uh, Sam uh, Cecilia, who, who pretty much said that he was going to put him uh, on the ground and, and tap him in the first round. He did say And that. literally at mm. one point, it was a 30-3 to significant strike advantage for Gavin uh, Tucker. That I, was, he was awesome. I was, Third round, he started to get caught a little bit. It was almost like he got a little too comfortable uh, and, he, and he, I think, was trying to enjoy the moment a little too much and he's lucky he didn't get put, put out but, you know, that was a dominating performance. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed that Sorry. fight and I thought that this Gavin Tucker, man, I'll tell you right now, for a debut, and he's fighting a tough guy with Sam Cecilia. Yeah. That dude, that guy has put guys to sleep with his hands before. Well, they said his also, his opponents had like a record of like uh, 39 and 46 or some losing record and yeah. the guys he had fought in Halifax. He was a Halifax guy. Look, well, I mean, that's the thing. So maybe you're thinking, all right, this is an up, uh, a major um, uh, a big a, a big jump in levels you know right I mean? right right that's what people might be afraid of but i'll tell you right now this guy this uh, this gavin tucker well-rounded very i mean just landing a, a, from leg kicks to combinations i mean the guy was all over the place everything footwork everything it hit the floor one time and he did a beautiful takedown and uh and he went right away for a leg lock which uh, i mean again it has its it I have mixed feelings about that. And it, it, it was beautiful the way he set it up. But you're going versus a very explosive guy. That's why he got the and fuck now, out of there the quickly. Guy got out, the guy got out. It looked awesome. Yeah. But the guy got away. Yeah. If you would have secured your position more, you could play more of a positional game. It's almost like diving for an arm lock. You yeah. get it great. If you lose it, now you lost the guy. So when you go for those leg locks, it's one thing in submission grappling when, all right, now we're agreeing to grapple. In MMA, you don't have to agree to grapple. You know what I mean? Right. So, guy gets out of a leg lock. All right, all right. He goes back in in, in submission grappling. Harley, it's, it's yeah. the latest craze of the leg locks. Yeah, yeah. Get close, motherfucker. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the, that's uh, the um, thing nowadays. Yeah. Is and it's not. And, and I'm not hating on it. It's no. my, one of my guys, Jason Rao, he's taking legs like nobody's business. He's in the city a lot now, working with Danner. And yeah, yeah. I see those. Oh, that, all oh the time. man. But and and I'm not hating it because it's beautiful. They and they're taking those leg locks to another level. But. It's great when you're on bottom because you're already on bottom. I went for number one way, me on bottom in the UFC getting on top, I'd attack the legs. The Jeff Curran, uh, Shoney Carter, Eves Edwards, I use this all on the, on the cage and I get out clean. I never got fucked up because they'd be worried about me taking their leg off. They get give me enough space, I'm getting on top or I'm getting up. You well, he, I mean? he got up though. When he realized he didn't have it, he got up and got out of there. He but didn't he stand went, the, the difference is he went for it when he was on top. He could have stayed on top. Yeah. He could have fucked him up. He could have got position. He could, if I could have ended, round could have ended with him on top. He went for that chance. And listen, you get it. You're a fucking hero. It's great. But you lose it, which most likely you're going to try to lay down with a leg, you know, at that higher level. And you're and you adrenaline. Yeah, you're in a cage, man. You get getting the fuck out of there. So he lost the leg. But I'm not I'm not knocking the guy. The guy, I like the fact that he went for something. And the guy showed a, a real good skill set. And it was nice. You sensed that he enjoyed every moment of it, like yes. you were saying, Jimmy. And Too much in the third round. Yeah, Too much. And, but after, exactly. But because uh, he, he might have, and not for nothing, to give Sam Cecilia and his credit to his corner. Yeah. They weren't bullshitting. They were basically saying, dude, get the, what are you doing? Yeah, get you, you got to. They gotta go, now's the time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't, I'm not word for word, but they will, They sh let him know the urgency that he needed. Yeah, you're losing. Round. Fuck yeah. That's what you want to say, man. You can't. Sh I see some guys, and I'm watching some fights, and I know a guy's down, and everybody has to know the guy's down. It's coming to the third round, and the guy in the corner's like, okay, I want you to slip the jab, and uh, I want you to keep. No, you know what? Now, you know what he needs now? A he knockout. needs to kick in his fucking ass yeah. and say, "Look, man, this is you got it, five minutes. You, finish. Do you got shit. five minutes. Put it I all wish, out I there. wish, I wish all guys were like Ally Quinta in the third round. Fucking listen, yeah. out of my out of my stable, man. I have I have some killers. 
Fucking Alan Quintus got that. I mean, he fought Jorge Masvidal, and he got the W over him, which some people said it should have went the other way. But it came down to that third round, right. where Masvidal was so talented. And he kind of, in that second round, took his foot off the gas. And I remember, I remember Ray Longo saying to me, he let you back in this motherfucker. He let you back in this fight. He said, he let you back in. You know, and then fucking, we, we gave our... A fucking quick Braveheart speech in there, like fucking five minutes, dude. Five minutes. I go. I, I need you to get zero fucks out there, and he did. He went. He went after this, dude. Wasn't so, that something they had said about Masvidal though? A lot of times he kind of he pulls his feet off the gas a little yeah. bit more than well, he hopefully, should. Hopefully, hopefully he learned his lesson with that because it, I mean that cowboy fight was his shining moment. I mean, yep. he says that there's a lot of other moments in his career that are bigger, but for the exposure and everything, and the way he did that, and 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 the streak that that Cerrone's been on. I can't, nothing comes to mind for me with how fucking. Another one I called wrong, by the way. I really suck a pile uh, of dicks at picking fights. I'm shit. If I ever pick you in a fight, just don't don't have that fight. I'm terrible, dude. Dude, I'm terrible. Walk out. I'm the fucking worst. Heartbreaking moment for me. I'm such a sap. I watched that. Sarah McMahon fought Gina Mazzani. Oh, my God. And she took the fight at two and a half weeks' notice. I think it was her UFC debut. And, well, she was 4 0, I think. Oh, she took it on short notice. It's two and a half weeks. And, and and she uh, and she was uh, submitted uh, or choked. It, it like literally, I want to say a minute and fourteen in, and then she stood up and she started crying. And I was like, oh, that's exactly that's exactly what would happen to me. I would lose and I would cry. That, that's yeah. that would watching my life. It's so emotional, man. It's I felt so really emotional. bad for her. You though. want your moment in there, like, and uh, when you feel you get to show absolutely nothing, is what she's shown. And that's yeah. I'm not attacking her. I'm, I, I give her credit. I give anybody credit for getting in there, and uh, and and she. Uh, about to say she manned up. I don't know if it's the right word. She womaned up. She womaned up, she womaned yeah. up and stood it. No, but she did. She she went in there and uh, listen. Those sh- short notice fights, they're they're rough. And a, and a short notice fight for somebody like uh, uh, Sarah McMahon is. I mean, she's freaking tough, man. Yeah. And she looks. She's looking the best she ever looked. You know. I mean, she, that, she was, that was a one-way that was a one-way fight. Yeah, that was. That was just a show off the stand up a little bit. Now let me show you my wrestling. And now I'm putting you know, out. You know, it's one thing to listen to you talk about fights because you've done it. You yes. Know? But it's like so many fucking fans, you know, you listen to them debating and talking all this shit and all this and that and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's like, but people have no idea what it's like to no, no. to get hit in the face oh, hard no, and to have to deal with it. And forget about that, you know, to do it under the pressure of all those spectators see that's the thing and people and yeah. in your corner and people yell it's like you I, that's why i really respect <laughs> pro fighters to a people have no fucking idea you know it's once you get once you get like like you you've done it a few times it starts to become second edge like me i can walk up on stage with you know slayer or, or yeah, iron man yeah, I've done cool. it. it's like you know i've played cbgb's and yeah. then i've played in front of eighty thousand people yeah. or whatever and it's not a big it, it's not a big mind fuck for me but you know, yeah. that's why I started competing because I was like, I need that, that the anxiety. I need to be out of my element. I need yeah, to. Sure. Put the, I want to have, you know. And when you got people, I mean, I've only competed like in front of a few hundred people, you know. But it's like you know, the pressure is on. Well, that's well, it's the possibility and, and, of humiliation. It, oh, yeah, yes. and, and that's why that's it's good, like, Jimmy. yeah, that well put, you know. But not just that, the fucking the the intensity. You know, all those fucking eyes are on you. Yeah. You know, and it's like... Well, that's it, man. One of the fighters... It's it's an emotional fucking dump. You know, it's like... You you see people at the end, it's like, holy shit. And people don't realize the fucking lifestyle. 
See, that's what it's well, like training. Well, so the thing, the thing is, this Harley suffering. I watch my friends yeah. cutting weight oh, and yeah, fucking shit, going man. through fuck. And then you got these couch fucking potatoes yeah. sitting there. To, oh, he should have done. It's like, dude, well, the worst have is, you ever fucking been punched in your face in yeah. your fucking life, motherfucker? But, but even yeah. some guys that have been fucked tough, uh, punched in their face, you can get your street tough guy. You can get your town tough. Yeah. Guy. But yeah. the thing is, this you get that same guy who could fight at the drop of a hat when his adrenaline gets up when somebody does something. Now you get that same guy. And I say you can, you can. All right, now you're gonna fight somebody, but you're not fighting somebody right now when you're in the heat of the moment. You're yeah. fighting somebody a week from now. Yeah, and you're fighting in front of fifty. It's a people. schedule. You're on. Now you're yeah. like, yeah, let, let's yeah. see how tough you are. Yeah. yeah, same guys. A lot of the guys aren't gonna be able to pass that test. No, it's they'll fuck man. Not 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 only technique wise, but mentally they're not. That, that's what that's I'm one saying. of the biggest it's mentally you're not a tough guy in that. Yeah. And before I forget, because we we're talking about that Sarah McMahon fight, she finished with that head and arm choke, or what she was calling arm triangle. They can, you can call it either way. Um. She did it from Mount. Now, let me let me tell you, and you know this, Harley, being a black belt. When you get that and you're closing the carotid arteries, okay, mm-hmm. they call it an arm triangle or a head and arm choke um, because it, 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 it puts you to sleep the same way as if you're doing it with the legs. You follow me? Yeah, you're, you're the using arteries. their arm on one yes. side and your arm's on the other side. It's usually more effective. Now, I've gotten it before. I, I'm, it's one of my favorite ones. I love that. Especially story. with my... Now, guys can do it with long arms. My short arms, even with 16-ounce gloves, uh. I'd get it. I'd just go palm to palm and I'd be able to get it. Um, the thing is, it's way tighter and, and it's a lot more efficient when you get a cross-eyed. Yeah, you can get yeah, it yeah. from Mount, I, but I, I, guys I'd maybe could roll. Yeah. It might, but she is so she knows how to use that. When I seen that, I'm like, oh, now she's gonna dismount. Oh, she's not even dismounting. It was tight, dude. <laughs> she's a powerhouse, man. That thing was. She was going to sleep. I mean, by by all means, she was going to sleep, and it was a beautiful thing. When people do that the wrong way, people try to answer it. They go, oh, the defense is the answer the phone, and they put their hand like it. They like they're covering their ear. And that's the shittiest escape. If you know how to do this thing, I put I guys would be tapping out with the other hand because this hand would be trapped in there. Trapped. Oh, <laughs> you can't even move the motherfucker. Oh, yeah. You're not worried yeah. about them answering the phone when you do this. Oh, I'd, I'd be like, ring, <laughs> ring, <laughs> get it, get it. Yeah, it might be your mama. And I put them right the fucking sleep. I love that. I love when they try that fucking bullshit. It, it's horrible because I put all my weight on it the right way. If if I'm in a choker here, and usually they're cross-eyed. The nearest leg lifts up. I grab around it, straighten out, and I open up my carotid artery here. And now I got to wait this thing out. A fight, if you want to ever go to a fight Ooh. pass and see that used, the same night I fought GSP, my good friend Pete Drago Cell fought Thiago's, uh, not Santos, Thiago's. No, fuck. Silva, right? No, not even, maybe not even a Thiago. Who the fuck did he oh, fight? Match. No, Thiago Leites. That's oh, right. Talus Leites. Talus Leites, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry, Talus. I knew it was something with a T and a, and a Leites. But anyway, that guy has the best head and arm choke, one of the best I've ever seen in MMA. And he had Drago. And I showed him that defense. Hold on one second. <coughs> I cough, people. <clears throat> I showed him. He used that thing all. He lost the fight, but he didn't get, he didn't get put out, man. He was in that thing. He was in that thing a bunch that night. And he used that same escape. You know, what up, Paulie? What, what do you look? We uh, the guy we were talking about before. I have a hard time pronouncing his name. Who's that? Uh, Russian David uh, Lee Roth. Yeah. Oh, David uh, Lee Khabib. Roth. Uh, number yeah, right K- off. Khabib. You know, I was oh, talking I about Khabib. him before. Yeah, I love him too, man. But one of the things I really enjoy watching is the way he ties up motherfuckers' hands <laughs> and then just beats the piss out of them. Dude. And it's like 
So we were talking, and I, and I was like, so what, they were saying he doesn't do uh, jujitsu, and I'm like, so he was Sambo, what? And they were like, yeah, yeah. You know, Henzo's been working with him. I, I haven't seen him I've over seen there. Henzo, but it, I've seen Henzo work with him before. But you know what? It's like the line between all the different grappling arts is starting to get so fucking blurry because now it's really it's it's all becoming submission grappling in a way. I mean, because the Sambo guys are borrowing shit from jujitsu. Jujitsu has learned from wrestling and all these different. It's now that we've been. Now that MMA has been around for yeah. so fucking long. Yeah, and the internet now. Yeah, and the internet. You know, back in the day, remember, <laughs> yeah, people would show up with a fucking camera and they'd be like, out. You know, they wouldn't even let motherfuckers take Holly, pictures imagine, or video. You know what's funny, there. man? Imagine you know? if we had... And I'd be Dude, I got tons of fucking videos from oh, back then. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, any of man. uh I don't want to be. I don't want to. Any of Matt, me. Any about me. <laughs> see the thing. Any I, of us rolling or anything? Well, see, any, the some... problem is, is my tapes are all mixed up. Any like of the they, they go any, from any the grappling fights? to like home porno to like all kinds. Of, so send, all my send, tapes. send me the right. Do you make home porno or do you watch it? Oh, no, I haven't made any in a while. Send me the okay. fight tapes. Send Jim the home 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 porno. <laughs> uh, but uh, so so you know. But I got tons of fucking. But this is back in the day when I was shit. I was a blue belt, so you yeah. were probably purple belt. Yeah. You know, this is way back. I would love to see that. I, yeah. God, that's what I'm saying, man. It was so much stuff. And we talked about when John Danaher was in here of like when knuckleheads coming in. Oh, was, dude. Remember when we had the academy over in the fucking methadone clinic building? Yeah. 30, <laughs> 37th Street was upstairs. I mean, a, a methadone clinic. And you'd have like fucking drag queen methheads fucking elevator door open it with all these dudes like hey guys well, Jimmy, you know <laughs> hold on Jimmy I'll give you the address that's a two for one building <laughs> it was a Jimmy's like pistol. I'll learn some arm locks and get a date <laughs> but you know this shit was no joke back then I mean everybody who trained yeah. was either looking to become a fighter or they were a bouncer or they were just someone who liked to fight it yeah. wasn't like oh I'm gonna enroll my kid well, in everybody, a program well, everybody did you know? it yeah they wanted to learn this this art yeah. and back in the 90s people didn't believe in it that's what's the difference yes. between now very rarely now do I have a guy that comes into my school saying yo I don't believe this stuff works very very we might have a knucklehead because there's always assholes out there but very rarely very rarely back in the mid 90s this jujitsu thing uh, it was tw it was a t double uh, we got hit with the knuckleheads that just didn't know what the thugs, and then we got hit with the fucking traditional martial artists yeah. that were worse. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say they were it's worse. Like they spent their whole life, Jimmy, believing Learning. that breaking a brick is gonna fucking do this, and, yeah. then, Bricks and then they don't come hit in. back, motherfucker. Dude, I remember getting ready for a fight, and Hensel had me have uh, had the guys try to kick me off with gloves, and I would just try an open hand, I'd smack them, but I would try to get them down. You know, I remember and watching it, you train like that. I remember watching you at the fucking Copacabana. Yeah, yeah Copacabana. I saw you at the Copa. I saw yeah, you at that I place fought, out in fucking I Long once Island. At the Copa, yeah. Where was that's that place right. out in Long Island? Vanderbilt. Van 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 yeah, the Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's right. I saw you fight. Yeah. And that was fucked up because I turned around to pay for my drink and you had already choked the motherfucker out. That's right. That was Barry like, Manilow. I was like, what the fuck was that? I was, you cocksucker. Yeah. Like, I didn't even get to see the fight. Blessing I drove all the fucking way out here. Yeah. Pay my drink and this motherfucker's asleep. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. And it was, you know, what's funny though. I didn't get Rodrigo wasn't he yeah, on that bill? Yeah, Rodrigo. I they, we got our experience like kind of getting snuck onto yeah, it was onto kickboxing. Free, it was like freestyle, freestyle grappling, submission grappling. But it was a fight. It was, <laughs> it was a, a fight. fucking fight. So that's why when people ask about my record about um like before the UFC, I don't even count that shit. I was cool. I mean, I fought. Yeah, I fought right. some tough dudes, but they just it was more actually. That shit was it was style over style. That, that was These guys learning how really to. Know. That was. Testing the waters yeah, and shit, man. man. But then it got to the point, like my last guy, I beat beat up on a local level. He was going for a guillotine, 
And I remember backstage, he was some kind of kickboxing guy. And afterwards, he goes, how'd you like that triangle choke? I almost got you in. So I go, dude, I go, get me out of here. I go, I'll fight in the big show. I don't care if I lose. I can't be fighting these guys. Anymore. Fighting guys who fuck Well, I, I felt like a fucking bully. I don't want to be the big fish in a pond. I want to go swim with the sharks. Yeah, but back then, there wasn't all that many opportunities. There wasn't experience. Wasn't even doing, the, they weren't even doing it on the East Coast no, at all. You know I mean? No, I, didn't get, I couldn't get the right uh, experience like the guys in the Midwest or, or on the... Uh, in, a, in the West Coast, God, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't matter, Holly. I'm a bad motherfucker anyway. That's right, man. <laughs> Fuck with this motherfucker. Just like you, motherfucker. Fuck with this motherfucker. Oh, shit. dude, I miss you. Can we dude. praise one more guy, too? I want to praise yes. one guy that Talk you... Talk to me. Uh, the, the red-headed dude from Philadelphia, Paul Felder. Paul Felder. Oh, uh, with that elbow he oh, came in. Oh, my God. Was he great. Man, that elbow was nasty. I thought he threw one in earlier in the round. I thought he did a spinning elbow, too, unless I'm mixing him up with another fighter. I know he ended the fight that way, but I thought he came in and I thought he threw a spinning elbow the, in the middle of the first. Did he? I, I might be remembering it wrong. Somebody did. You pro- Listen, you might be actually right. I yeah. Mean, that first one, I was like settling in, and then I'm like, oh my goodness. This ah, guy man, is... I fucking missed this fight. I'm listening it's to so you guys. Good, yeah. you I'm like listening to fuck, man. You know, it's... When you've seen as many fucking fights as I've seen, like I've been watching them since the fucking UFC one yeah. and two and shit. It's like I start losing track after a while, right. and then it's like, but Listen, if it's this a fighter that I Fox there's Sports fighters one. that I love, no, and I will watch them no matter what. Like for me, it's more about the yeah. people that are fighting. One hundred percent. Like I'm, I'm. There's certain people I'm fans of. There's certain people I just want to see them fight. And yeah. the rest of the time, it's like, hey, you know what? I've been doing this shit for twenty fucking years. I don't yeah. half these motherfuckers. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, you know? maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should, but you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna tell you because I get excited. Listen now, not just because it's my job. But this is no. all I watch. You know what I mean? No, but this is a, this but is your this, whole I life. I want you to watch. I'm gonna tell you when there's some certain cards coming Dude, up. I'm call me up, motherfucker, this. and you just let me know. Let, you got be, my number. And before I forget, because uh, I know we, I don't want we don't have to get off Paul right now unless you. No, no, I just wanted to say I was really happy. I really enjoyed watching him fight. I you liked know, him a lot. Um, the pretty boy, I'm going to call him. Oh, the uh, guy with the shampoo Elias, endorsement, Theodoro. Elias Theodoro. He. He, he comes by my school sometimes uh, when he's when he's when he's around here because he's over in Canada. So he comes by. He's been to my place a bunch. Nice, what a nice dude. Yeah, what a he puts the that son of a bitch. Look at the guy. The way he looks, you think, oh well, at least he can't fight. The guy can kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> He's, didn't they say he's on the cover of romance novels and shit? Yes, and he also he has a big shampoo endorsement up there. He's like a really handsome guy. <laughs> I'm not getting that gig, the shampoo thing. No, me neither. No, well, no. the romance novel, let's be honest. Uh, we're, me too. We're not I running know. for that either. Either. Anyone. <laughs> My book's a romance novel. Yeah, fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that thing. Look at the, I wanna, I'm going to just tweet. The, I'm going to tweet. I don't tweet. But I'm going to uh, I'm gonna Instagram. Instagram the, I'm going to do that photo of you on that cover. Look at yeah. that. Yeah, that's a romance novel. Look. You know it. For fucking, <laughs> a fan of fucking Charlie Manson. Hey, hey. But, uh, <laughs> no, listen, I can't wait to read that, though. You know, my mom's back in the day, some of the girls, some it, of Manson's girls picked her up hitchhiking and tried to bring her out to the ranch, and she was like, nah, man. Did I they really? She, yeah, she was like, these motherfuckers were a little too weird, so I kept heading. Is your mom <laughs> still alive? Nah, she oh, passed I'm a sorry. year ago. Yeah. Man, so did mine. Yeah, How? Man, cancer. Mine too, motherfucking yeah, cancer. Yeah, Colon cancer. Fucker. Gotta. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough, Holly. It's rough. It got me too. But you know what? She fucking. Uh, so she was out in California at one point. Oh yeah, I was out. We she hitchhiked all over the place. I hitchhiked all over the place. She, we're fucking maniacs. But you know what? Uh, I just want to say about my mom dying and shit. You know what? She faced that shit with more dignity and more. Uh, you know, she handled that shit better than. Man, I've seen motherfucking grown men act like bigger bitches than yeah. motherfucking. And my mom was so 
uh, you know, I wish, I hope that I can meet my maker the same way she did. It's a weird know? thing with the with the cancer when somebody knows it's coming. Yeah. It's like I don't know what's worse because you get to say your goodbyes and this and that. And we had the whole family around the bed. We she had yeah. she, my mom died yeah. on a hospice. Yeah, but uh, the, yeah. she was at the home. But uh, holy fuck! I remember just the whole time man. going. This is you just watch, and it's not like there's a machine there beeping. You gotta no, watch yeah. for the sign, and you gotta watch for the in the neck if it's still moving. And I'm like, this. I just remember going, this is brutal. Yeah, it was. Definitely I go, one of the I most go. Things. I want to live my life the most I can. Yeah. I want to enjoy this shit until I end up there because that yep. shit's brutal. I'm not trying to take everybody down. So no, like, no, Christopher, producer, stop crying, man up. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's tough. It, we oh, all gotta go. You know, I know. We all gotta go. I want to die the way I lived, fucking duck walking with cum on my fingers from my computer <laughs> to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck did you dig this motherfucker? <laughs> oh, God, I'm lightheaded again. Dude, I might be the first one to go out of here. That's fucking great. Mm. Jimmy, holy shit. What else do we got, gentlemen? Then, but it's funny, you, not funny, but you mentioned cancer and Paul Felder, his dad. He, uh, at the end of the fight, he goes, hey, this is for my dad. His dad, he said, is fighting, uh, uh, fighting cancer. So it's, it's common. Hey, you, you know, know what? At the end of the day, we're all going to fucking go. So it's really just like getting a, a wake-up call because whether it's it is fucking cancer call. or whether it's a fucking yeah. uh, a bus, you know, something's going to fucking take you out. And yeah. that... You know, when you so, see it, so like, you just got to just, it, it kind of, it with, does. With cancer, you just see the bus eight yeah, blocks it's away. Like, and watch slowly, it. yeah. It's like driving two miles an hour. Oh, you, actually, you know? Yeah. So, know. you know, but, exactly. but that's why you got to fucking enjoy every minute of, of life. And, that's uh, it. you know, I, I, I am so grateful that, uh, you know, me and my mom had issues, you know, for a lot of years because yeah. I, I took it personal that she was such a fucking, that she took me on the ride that she was on in a way. But, Mm. You know, at the end of the day, we made up and, and, and we it was a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. that's why, you know, at the end of the day, love wins. You know, you got to you got to be a positive person. You got to love the people in your life that you care about. That's that's really all that fucking matters. That's really the, the at the end of the day. That's all that. Counts. Did you reach out to her or did she reach out to you? Oh, we were always in touch. But it was like once she got <laughs> sick, it was like it, it really kind of it. It brought everything like all of a sudden it's like wow you know now I really gotta I gotta suck it up and be there for her now and just put all the bitterness all the bullshit aside because life is too fucking short and uh, you know you gotta you just gotta let go of that negativity man it's all just bullshit at the end of the day man you just gotta be able to hug each other and just say you know fuck that bullshit even my old band members I can't stand those motherfuckers but I would be able to give them a hug and a heartbeat and just say man what the fuck man let's we're all grown men here like let the negativity go and just fucking let's do something positive you know is the falling out with the band is it because bands are really hard it's a bunch yeah, of people it's like marrying a bunch of dudes and you know it's it's miserable it's like Was a it... marriage with no sex you know and <laughs> no love it's like you know you're like a bunch of, it's a fucking pickle party it sucks was it you your know? fault or their fault or combination Dude, it's everybody's fault, man. Yeah. Music is like you know, people's egos get out of control once they, once people, once you got that spotlight on you and uh, your ego gets fucking crazy. Once you start making money, it's all bullshit. It shows you know? who you really are, though. I feel I see yeah. guys who handle power or fame or whatever you want to, however you want to call it, uh, differently, man. It's down yeah. to earth. I mean, look, people say shit about Dana White. The guy's the same dude since I met him back in two thousand and one. Same guy, and and his and he's and he, you know he's a way more powerful guy now than back then. But he's always been the same dude. And look, you motherfucker, you're the same guy. Yeah, I'm the same. Know, Am I, yeah. Did I change? You just got better looking. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Yo, he's good. See, yeah, yeah. And he's right. <laughs> bring me on this. Yeah. Hey, you know what? 
I, I've been fucking motherfuckers been telling me I gotta do a fucking podcast. I gotta do this shit too, you, man. It's fun, you know isn't what I'm it? Saying? Well, you're gonna, is, uh, you know, you're gonna I gotta be a talk to the these motherfuckers, man. You're gonna be a friend of the show. I, think I better be a fucking. Well, I'm gonna be telling you. Listen, spring the fucking the money and watch this pay per view. I'm gonna get you back in, dude. And I'm dude, be like, yo, you know what? Watch you need next time. There's a fight in New York, motherfucker. Bring me. You fucking what backstage pass me, motherfucker. You're Harley Flanagan. You invented the hardcore scene. Now, yeah, you, you, gotta, you think Dana White gives a fuck about the hardcore scene? You gotta be my plus one? That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know? Shit. Well, either way, we're gonna be hanging out. That's right, man. You know? That's Are right. you gonna be going back to uh, Henzo's today? Uh, yeah, I gotta go teach Are you jumping on the train? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna right, we'll take the train back. Gonna, dude, so you coming down with me? You coming down to Henzo's? I'll come back up right now. Yeah, I'm gonna come say hello. I could do that. I'm coming. I don't to say know hello. if he's gonna be there, but I don't give a, a shit. Fuck. I love Henzo. You got you got Hollis and everybody. Usually in there, when I Greg usually when I meet up with Henzo, it's afterwards. We go around the block to Mustang Harry. They shut it down. No, yeah, man. That depresses me. It's I'd, just I'd, fucking closed. I'd go there with Master Henzo, and we'd have that Shimney beer. <laughs> you ever had that? No, I drink sake, man. It's a strong beer. And uh, next thing you know, my wife has to pick me up. Like, like and, <laughs> when I when when we, when I take the Long Island Railroad home, and I went out with this is twice when I went out with Henzo. <laughs> and both times I, I fell asleep on the train on the way home because I got, I got fucked up and I'd wake up and like fucking run conquer mom tell my it's like how many exits I go hey honey so she's with the minivan with the kids at like oh, one Jesus. two in the she goes you, you got suck. It. she goes you got it. why is your shirt ripped I go I don't even know what the fuck you know but she loves Henzo so I get a pet yeah Henzo, Henzo can smooth most things out if there's a motherfucker who can it's Henzo I get the pass with Henzo yeah. anytime I'm hanging out when I went a night in the city I go honey I'm, I'm but I'm going to be with Henzo. I miss Henzo. Yeah. She's like, okay. Yo, we got to give a shout out to Hyen, man. Oh, yeah, that's... Um, Henzo, man. Yeah, we talk about... Uh, now, Hyen is... Maniacs. Henzo's It's his younger brother. brother that passed away. Oh, love and, that uh, motherfucker. Yeah, of course love you did. Love that motherfucker. Of course you did. He, he was out of his mind. He spent so, we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. He'd get off the plane and come straight to my house. Of course. <laughs> oh, I see. I know you guys were... Yeah. You guys were buddies. Yeah. No, Henzo, no, and now Hyen. his son's at the academy training. His fucking son's big as shit, Is the son, son going to be there today? I'd love to meet yeah, him. Yeah, man. I'm going to come with you after this. Yeah, do that. Because I want to go see some people anyway. Yeah, man. I, I miss it down there. What's up, Jimmy? We miss you, motherfucker. You know what I like? Before, we, before we wrap up, one thing we wanted to mention, Chris, we did mention it, though. Chris wants us to mention about the Johnny Hendricks fight. But we did talk about that with oh, we Bisping. Did, did we talk about oh, How good he looked it. against um, was, Lombard, yeah. I was really happy for Me Johnny. too. He's such a nice guy. Oh, what a nice guy. And afterwards, I saw a clip. I, I, I don't, where did I see this? I saw a clip of the post-fight thing. And he's, and he's Johnny's such a nice guy where... You could tell how happy he was where he was he was answering a question and her cell phone went off. He goes, Could you shut that phone off? He goes, Oh, I'm only kidding. Oh, I'm only kidding. Oh, I thought shut the phone off. And he's laughing, like slapping his knee. And he's he was just so happy. And as and Chris, now I feel like I know the guy from being sure. on. I was so happy for him, man. Well, it's weird. It's like you can never just look at somebody and know. Like when you look at him at the way in next to Hector Lombard. I mean, Johnny Hendricks is a right, he's a big guy, wrestler body, but glasses on, a little beard, a couple of gray. And Hector Lombard looks like an action figure. No, he looks like a He-Man figure. He, for sure. he literally looks like you created him in a lab. He's a perfect physical specimen. But Johnny's it got oh. that, and he and Hector went for some beautiful takedowns. 
that Johnny just took away. And the one time he got him down and almost got his back, Johnny just got, it looks like a gorilla. That was the third round, right? He I think just got he was, out and said, oh, you know what? He, it was almost, he's like, nah, fuck that. He was a little slippery. He, like, yeah. he stood up, the guy fell off him and jumped to his feet. It, it almost just took, it, it was so cool the way he just got out of that, that it just took away everything the guy did to put him in that position. Yeah, I was happy for him. <laughs> I was so happy He had lost, what, three straight or something? He was, he was, in, the, he was you, in a tough way now, there. Johnny in this division, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because he has to fight. This was the most he looked like the old Johnny. Yeah, because I guess the weight thing really was killing him, and uh, he's gonna be undersized to some people. But he's got power. He's explosive. He's gonna be hard to get down and keep down. I'm interested to see what he does in the middle. Well, they the raised team. a good point about his reach too. He's gonna have by the the shortest. They, they were like, that doesn't mean too much. Showing <laughs> you my arms. <laughs> right away, I get defensive. Yeah. You know when I fought GSP. When I fought GSP, the, I, I they I remember they were doing the stats and then and they they, they went over the reach and everything. It was just getting worse and worse. Well, how much reach did he have on you? I, you'd have to look that up, Chris, the producer. But it wasn't that. But it doesn't mean shit when you work your way inside. That's when he's going to be in trouble. And that's when he was in trouble. Well, I mean, it all being set up. But it was more of the thing where every every body type's got its advantage to disadvantage. That was a rough fight for me to watch, man, because I fucking love both of well, you. Well, you know, guys well, George's a lovable guy. You know, no, but your alliance was cool to me. Guy. What are you talking Absolutely. about? Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, but it was fucked up because I'm like, damn, man, two of my I, it, friends it, are it fighting. Sucks. This it is sucks. fucking uncomfortable, yeah. man. Because that motherfucker was coming and training at RGA. Yeah. You know, and hanging out with my kids. Um, listen and this to me. And that. Listen, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm man. not putting you on the spot that we're on the air here. But you're closer to me. Oh fuck yeah! Man. Okay, There's good. no question about that. If he was here right now, if he's sitting where Jimmy's sitting, if he was sitting here, I'd be like, George, you know, I love you, but Matt's my fucking dog, I know, I know, man. Don't you say like, that. You know, <laughs> shit, man. You fucking kidding me? You know? <laughs> Only because I know you so long, dude. Uh, you know, so good to no, see. No, but you. George is a fucking. He's a gentleman, man. I'm no, a, listen, he's super cool. There's not one person that's gonna meet George and go, that guy. You know, no, he's fucking. That can look fucking prick. He's just a a good guy, man. A nice, humble dude, man. I like George a lot. And he's he's got a twisted side to him that the public doesn't see, which is part of the beauty of him, you know, as we all do. But, you know, once you get to know somebody and it's no longer that public persona, you're like, you know what? This motherfucker's way more down to earth than people will ever know, you know? Of course, man. All right. Well, yeah, this was awesome, man. And I'm going to promote your book, too. Uh, don't forget, Holly has a book called Life on My Own. No, uh, Life of My Own. Get the cock out of your mouth, motherfucker. Are you that close to talk to him like that? I'm nah, getting that close. But you can tell he's well, I'm getting guy. that close. And there are he's, certain he's dates a... I've been on that would be a fair thing to say. <laughs> hey, All look, right, hardcore. If he's Life a friend of, of yours, he's, he's, it's open <laughs> yes, season for abuse. It's true. It's okay. Yes. And the introduction is by Steve Blush. And there's a great quote by Bourdain in the cover. Hardcore Life of my own and also the uh the new single which i liked a lot i listened to it yesterday what's it called so i don't get it's yelled at. called friends like you i want i think we should play that le- leading out of this we normally don't play music on this show but for the first time we're going to play music Holy on this show fuck. we're going to close i'm uh, an honored mother well, let me see uh, you're going to get in trouble we shouldn't we're going to get in trouble oh no chris the producer we're okay no, we're we okay the guy is right hey, here crank that shit go ahead let me, let's see this shit by the should way we, can i say 76 inch reach for gsp you had a 68 68 inch reach. that's an eight inch difference yeah. damn you wow. just had to throw that out there right before the song 
See this fucking thing? What yep. am I doing right now? Oh shit! Making a fist. See this fucking thing. See that fucking hammer? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me. Let's go before we. I got one rematch. plug. What's up? Mar- oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. March 14th. I forgot. March 14th. My Netflix special is premiering. What? So uh, that's when it comes out. I got to start doing. It's going to be where? Yeah. On Netflix. Did you ever say before that it's going to be on Netflix? Not on this show. No, I have not. Well, you said it on your I've other show. I told you. I think it slipped out once. I wasn't supposed to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I had it. Well, I freaking love Netflix. <laughs> Me too. I can't. When's it coming out? Uh, March the fourteenth. It's a Tuesday. They just and then it will just be there and it will live there forever. And March fourth is it? Wait, what's the next UFC? Is that March? March fourth. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a big one. No yeah. one. That's an important day because I think the same day, same day, or the day before comes out Logan. You like you still, Logan? You still like uh, that kind of shit? No. You mean still like? You grew up. Dude, I was a fucking. Eh, that's for my kids, man. Oh, well, I'm a big I, I, kid. I, when I was their age, that's I was, rated R. When, well, you, I don't worry about your kids with that. When I was their age, like superhero age, I was playing at the clubs. Oh, well, don't no, ruin my good time. No, I'm excited about Logan, time, man. I don't. I'll go see it. I'll, right. I'll go see it. It's with a, you. It looks like a badass film. It looks cool. Look looks how defensive cool. I get. I get defensive <laughs> with Jimmy if you mess with Jimmy, and I get defensive with Logan. Oh, that's right. I love defensive people. It's all good. I'm okay. It's all good. I'm so it's happy to good. see you. Bro, it's a fucking pleasure, let's, man. Give me a pound. Not too hard, though. Not too hard. I know you. All right, oh, listen to me. Let's let's play... This uh, really let's, fun. Let's play this song, and you're going to visit yes. us again. Oh, man, I can't wait. Yo, before you play this song, yo, we got to give a fucking shout out to Henzo Gracie! <laughs> Do you wait until like an hour and a half in to really get energized? Motherfucker. No, you've been good the whole time. The whole time he was I, 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 I had to, I had to stay quiet when you guys were talking about the fights I missed. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, the next time you're in here, I'll let you know when the fights are wrong. I'll be like, yo, you're coming in, watch these fights, we'll bullshit about them. Let's fucking go walk down the street and see if we can find some fights and fucking bullshit about them. We're going to have a fun time. I'm yo, you. play that shit! Five years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons. 
all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 